What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Gift of Gaming podcast. And this week, it's Games Club. And myself, Kev, and Craig are talking all things Final Fantasy 16. That's right, we finished the game and we're ready to delve in deep. So sit back, relax, and get ready to hear what we think of Final Fantasy 16. All right, it's me, it's your host, Darren Wade, and today on the episode, I am joined by none other than Craig the Critical Nolan. Craig, how are you? How you doing, Darren? And Kev Brennan. Kev, no no um, add-ons to your name just yet, but I think no. you guys would be the Final Fantasy dream team. I've got to be I've got to be Kev Brennan, though, because we can't mistake me with Kev Brennan. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two there's, Kevs on the show, yeah. There's worse people to be mistaken for, but I feel like it's going to be very unclear very fast <laughs> yeah. that it was. So. There's two Kevs on the show? Yeah, yeah so I think uh, what I thought was interesting was uh, we did the commentary on the Rebirth, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth trailer. Mm. Uh, that is our second most popular episode. Is it? Yeah. At it's the Rebirth oh, me, trailer thing? The, the one we talked about, the Rebirth trailer, yeah. Nice, yeah. and that's not even a that game a... that's finished. It's just yeah. a game they gave us three minutes to footage for, <laughs> yeah. and we spent hours talking about it. <laughs> Most popular episode. I think it's because, I think that's what I like about doing these Final Fantasy ones, is because we, we, it's like what we definitely know yeah. our shit about. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. we even were looking forward, like the second that trailer went up, we were like, episodes? You know, yeah. we all got really well, excited. Did you scrap an episode for that one? Yeah, really? oh yeah, I, I felt kind of bad. Myself, Andy, and Chris were meant to do an episode, and I immediately texted him being like, eh, guys, I'm sorry, but it was bad for the podcast that you like openly mocked that topic like while we did the episode. So yeah. now we can never go back to that because everyone knows you're like, oh, secondary. That was a, oh. That was a boring topic. Yeah, we just plucked that from like like the the areas of when we have nothing to do. Like, yeah, you know? yeah. I feel bad. It. Feel bad. Uh, before we get into it, though, guys, I thought you know it's been a while since I've chatted to you guys. Aside from 16, which we're gonna you know delve into deep here, what have you guys been playing? What games have you been? Getting stuck into. I, uh, is there anything you've been playing apart from Final Fantasy 16? Uh, well, for me, it, it's been tough because I wanted to get through the second playthrough of Final Fantasy 16. And Impressive. I didn't quite, I got to Origin, like the very, very end. Like the last thing I did before I stopped playing was unlock the Ultima weapon. But I only did that like two days ago. And now I'm back playing just a little bit of Advance Wars just to try and wind down from all that. Nice. And, and if you're interested in Advance Wars, we have another Games Club episode done on Advance Wars. Thanks Great for the segue, segue Craig. Yeah, Great appreciate segue. it. Nice, nice, nice. What about you, Kev? <laughs> um, I've been playing loads of things. I have recently gotten into uh, DMZ and Call of Duty with Aiden, my brother, nice. which has been extremely fun, like proximity chat. Uh, kind of the gunplay is fun. I logged on. And I haven't played in years. The last time I think I played Call of Duty was with Danny Costello when I was younger. And I thought I'd have like my normal that gamer could ruin tag. the experience for you <laughs> But I thought I had like the normal gamer tag. Uh, and my gamer tag on uh, Modern Warfare is huge ass. So you're killed. <laughs> you by, got huge ass? I got you're hu- huge, huge ass. ass, man. Oh, J-A-S, man. huge ass. I've got Ned Flanders on mine, apparently. Yeah, That's I was Ned Flanders for a while. Yeah, yeah. But loads of them. That dredge, I platinumed uh, just before 16 was on rail. Uh, I just finished Death's Door, which is the free PlayStation Plus game. That's the one you've been trying to get this me. One, the Crow one, man, yeah. where you're the crow, but you're also kind of death. It's, That's cool. It's yeah. well worth doing. It's a fantastic game. Very funny. How, um, I think I you sent a you a screenshot on PlayStation. Crow? Is he a villain? No, you're one of, like, the crows are like the reapers. And uh, you go and, like, collect souls or whatever. But they also, they're in this, like, you know, they have their own world. And there's like the head crow and there's crows that just do like desk jobs. And like one of the crows really loves doing paperwork. And the other one's like annoyed because you like lose the soul. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have to do so much work to rectify this shit. Like get out there and find the soul. But it like 
it has a really good story. It's very well written. The art style is lovely. The combats, it's kind of like um, a bit Dark Soulsy, I think. Okay. Uh, cool. Quite difficult combat, but very rewarding. Nice. Is it a Super third party fun. type of thing, or is it like a, a triple A? Uh, third party, like it's a like an indie game. Yeah, it's yeah. like eight hundred megabytes or something on the PS5. Okay, yeah. Like two two and a half on PS4 and eight hundred on PS5. So well worth picking up if anyone's looking for something to. Yeah. I think I played it was like seven or eight hours, but like. But see, the problem quality. is, Kev, you you recommend this to me, but then then recently we started discussing the possibility of all of us returning to Final Fantasy fourteen around Reborn. game. I <laughs> I re-downloaded it and opened up the menu, and that sense of just like. Just at ease. It played that Final Fantasy XIV has a particular, like, the, you know, that classic Final Fantasy motif. Final Fantasy XIV has a particular version of that. That's probably one of my, it probably is my favorite version of that classic motif. Yeah. And I just played, had the menu on looking at the couple of characters that I created in the past. And I was like, oh, man, this is such a game. It's a dangerous, it's such, a, such a dangerous, dangerous game. Dangerous game. So I, in anticipation for the winter, because we said it probably wouldn't be a good idea to play that game unless it was miserable weather, because you shouldn't, you should play that game. It'll suck up all the time. Yeah. So I set up uh, my little office thing of like you know reorganizing the apartment a little bit and set up the little office. But I have my PS4 Pro connected into the the, the monitor there as a this will be my Final Fantasy 14 room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when when that shit goes down. <laughs> when that yeah, shit yeah. goes down. This is where I'll be for that game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, myself, I'm actually playing, uh, I'm still on my Animal Crossing buzz at the minute. Nice. I had to do a ton of Final Fantasy 16 recently. I only finished it like three hours ago. Yeah, three, yeah, four you hours finished ago. it today. Yeah. You didn't yeah. get to, because you were messaging me last night asking how much was left, but you obviously yeah. didn't get to finish it. No, I didn't. True. I was quite tired last night. It was. I think I went to bed around about two last night, did all the side quests, and I was thinking about going in to do the end of the game but i was quite tired and i kind of wanted to be awake and enjoy it and whatever else yeah, yeah. so uh this morning i uh, got up went to see the folks uh came home made myself a coffee sat down in the bean bag turned it on and it was only like it's nice it was like a nice hour and a half maybe a little bit to it's finish just that last little bit on that's it. It. yeah yeah there's yeah. no enemies there's no nothing it's yeah. just the boss and I'm, i was very appreciative of that because i was like i've put in a lot of time Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these last, like, two, three days to get it done. So I didn't need a classic Final Fantasy endgame where it's, like, boss after boss. Yeah, because yeah. Torgal doesn't come with you, I assumed it was just going to be an immediate boss fight. You know? Like, yeah, I was like, there's, there's not going to be any running around because there's I no never support once character. ran around without Torgal. Like, that's yeah. not even possible. They probably don't even have the in-engine to do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> He's always been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, playing a lot of that. But it, before I kind of had to get into finish that, I was back playing uh, Cities and Skylines, Kev. Oh, you know, we did man. A, a while doing that. And... Uh, I, because what got me inter- interested in that was I saw the trailer, the, like the teaser trailer for the announcement. For the second of, one? For the next yeah. one, yeah. And that looks very, very good. So, uh, yeah, that's been me. Lost so many errors. I think you might have talked about it on the podcast before, but um, I think, I don't know if I sent it to you, but the YouTuber who's like an actual city planner and oh. he plays city skylines and he's like, and we put all the water pipes under the roads because it's always publicly owned and so it's best for easy access. I'm like, gee. Yeah, genius. So he was satisfying. He was so play. he was so easy just to listen to. He was just like he was just. And if we, you know, it <laughs> reminded me of like a like a Bob Ross doing a painting type thing. That kind of like this guy's very. Easy. He was like I'd fall asleep watching him all yeah. the time and like throw him on the telly like on YouTube or whatever when I get into bed and just I'll just lie on my side and let him lull like, me to sleep. Just a little splash of an industrial area around here. Yeah. And just a little, little stroke of a, a residential. Little, a, little, <laughs> a little park for some amenities over here. And like, we'll build some pathways. You want to pedestrianize that had a nice voice for YouTube videos. Yeah. Yeah. But enough about all those things because all those things are, well, <laughs> some of those things are Final Fantasy 16. But let's get down to the nitty gritty, fellas. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 came out June. 
mid 20 seconds yeah. or something 20 seconds of June. June, yeah. wasn't delayed remind me i need to tell luke he owes you, me a pizza yeah for it not being delayed we all thought it'd be well i i i felt it to be delayed too but i was just going on the opposite i side didn't think it, pizza. i don't know if we talked about this but because seven rebirth is coming out in winter even if it's the end of winter it was they would have been pushing it to delay it mm-hmm. at all yeah. You know, yeah. like they really needed to give it the time. The gap between yeah. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we've all, I mean, I finished up playing 16 and I think my clock on it, by the time I finished it, was like 101 hours. Holy crap. I'm on 170. <laughs> I was yeah. 70 or 80, I think, for my, probably 80 by the time I finished my first playthrough. Because I think, you know, it's all added up, but I think I did the starting bit twice because I did it with Graham because he played through, so it's probably a couple extra hours there. Mm. Uh, but yeah, my, my, my finish time, and it, it's, I didn't get, like, I'm not platinum the game or anything like that, but I, I'm a bit of a completionist. Like, did all the side quests and everything like that. So, yeah, yeah probably about 80 hours, 80, 90 hours easy to, to, to go through that, that game in completion. Um, There's some good endgame content for you to get into. Not, I say good endgame content. There is endgame content, and it's enjoyable. Like, the I can say it to you now because you're at the end. Did you find any, like, the chronoliths or whatever? Oh, I yes. know we'll get into them later on, but like yeah. it's they're I a lot of fun. The trials, yeah, I did the trials at the end yeah. and everything yeah. else, and I kind of like fleshed out the end game a little bit mm-hmm. more for me. You realize I, that, man, this is like what it could be like if the game was difficult. <laughs> like <'cause laughs> those parts were were kind of tough. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. I, I only tried one trial that we're talking about, and it was the Odin one. I just happened to come across it, and I, it was the first time I came across one, and they had all woken up. I guess they wake up towards the end they, of the game they wake up i i think as you, you get the, each the icon, icon they yeah, become yeah. available ah, immediately afterwards very yeah, clever. No, i don't I, think I, it's immediate because the odin one was locked for me for a bit even after i had odin um maybe oh. that was on the second playthrough and it, it stayed locked until maybe you had to should have gone yeah, i couldn't get it like you, because you can't get them instantly on your second playthrough i guess yeah and I mean. it's just after you get odin it's in like you know where you look at the map and you're like oh there's a tiny pathway leading to this open area like something looks like it should be down yeah, here yeah 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 that's how i found that so one, that's the so. first one i found was the odin one yeah, and then i looked it up and realized there was loads of them and went yeah. to them because I come across a couple of dormant ones during my playthrough, mm. and I was like, I have no idea what these are, and I still have yeah. them on the map. Because so he's good. like, he's like, oh, it's the same as the stone that's in the hideaway. I was like, I have never pressed X on that stone. <laughs> have I have you no know? idea what it? No, I, I like used to go in there all the time to learn what the abilities did to try and oh, yeah, okay. do the combos. Yeah, you'd always fight just this one goblin, and I never ever switched it. You could essentially put any bad guy you want in there to to play, mm-hmm. and you could also set that your move cooldown would be zero. So. You know, you don't have to like try and test the move at the timing and then wait 30 seconds for yeah. it to be able to use it again. You it can just do, spam it and get the timing right, you know. So great for those moves that like needed a counter or something, or, yeah. you know, with, with precise timing. Yeah. Fantastic. So I guess before we kind of get into it, we'll, we'll break it down to certain sections. But before we get into it, this is for people who have not finished Final Fantasy 16. The three of us, generally the rule with our games club is we will talk through the game as far as the person who's gotten the furthest. All three of us here have finished the game, so we are talking about the game in its entirety. So if you haven't finished Final Fantasy 16 and you don't want to have anything spoiled for you, finish the game and then listen to this episode. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. not for you. Here is the spoiler warning and dropping right it, now. It absolutely won't be in chronological order either. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we're, 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 we're just going to get on tangents <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, so so we, we, we can't give you a direct time. You should turn off the episode. Just finish the damn game and then listen to the episode. You'll love it. It'll be great. So I guess... Going into the game, Final Fantasy 16, Kev, you made this point very well, like much earlier on uh, in the in the playing of it, that you it wasn't really on your radar. No, 16 was kind of like that that Same. that like yeah. a quiet release almost. Did you hear how we were talking about Seven Rebirth? That's all I was thinking about once that yeah. trailer came out. 16 yeah. was an afterthought. It yeah. Was, yeah, at no point was I ever even like looking into the making of the game or what it's about or who's no. in it or what way it works. It was just FS16 is coming out next month. 
yeah, I guess I'll get that. Mm. But all my thoughts are FSF. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I think that that was the nice thing about the game. I mean, we'll go into like our full, like, you know, what, what kind of rating we give it or good game, bad game, great game, whatever. But it was such a pleasant surprise for me to get that game, to play that game and to actually be like bet, bet into it. Like yeah. playing it from the get-go, I was like, this game is is a... And for, throughout it, like we'll talk about its criticisms and stuff like that, but throughout the game, it's it's a very very good game yeah. narratively how the game plays and a real uh, refreshing uh, thing for Final Fantasy because you know we had 15 before which had so many problems and so many development problems it wasn't really a, a, I never really felt it was a complete Final Fantasy even yeah. after they brought out the Royal Edition I still felt th- that there was some things that they wanted in the game that never yeah. made it I just never enjoyed the combat or yeah. those Imperial Arms things that drained your health I'm like if something drains my health it's gone. I'm never using it. You know, yeah, like, yeah, I do not appreciate this a, that. This is a bad. So design. all these quests to find these deadly weapons, I was like, yeah, but now that I have them, I will never use them. Yeah. So like, I'm nothing just a collector. In that for me. So that that game kind of didn't work. Then before that, we had like thirteen and thirteen two, and to me, that game almost seemed rushed in comparison to the likes of fifteen. Like thirteen two came out very quickly after thirteen, which was quite unusual. Well, the story in thirteen is pure trash. Yeah, 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 it's really bad. Yeah, and it's it's too linear for me as well. It seems very straight line. And then kind of going back a little bit further 12 then a, a decent game i thought plays better when Out you can speed through yeah absolutely so it's been a long time since we've kind of had a fun it's been 10 reset. man 10 was the last game of this caliber caliber yeah yeah, I yeah for sure. it's up there with seven through ten now where you rate it in that is is whatever and like it's kind of changed as the game went on but it's like it's it's the best fun fantasy it's as good as those but it's still the least different to seven eight nine and ten or like so the most different sorry to 7, oh, 8, yeah. 9, and 10 yeah. you know like yeah, if it sure. doesn't play like any of those it no. just so happens to be as good yeah. as maybe one of those <laughs> and the interesting the interesting thing about it is that it, we're talking about 10 was the last good one we had that means we've had 21 years yeah. since now not taking in 14 like the online games yeah. whatever else yeah. or remake um, we're talking about like kind of the, the linear things it's been 21 years since we've had uh, a brand new um, Final Fantasy story that was good. That was good. Yeah. I mean, I 15, I've gone on about before. I really did enjoy 15. Like, I cried at the end of 15. I was mostly invested in the characters. Like, even before the Royal Edition, I enjoyed it. It had lots of problems. But I enjoyed it. Narratively, narratively, 15 is very, very good. I, I, I didn't even then. finish it. I got only about as far as Leviathan before I was just so burned out because I just done it. That fight else. is awesome. The, the, the Leviathan, Leviathan fight. fight. Yeah. So my thing about 15 is that the narratively, the game was very, very good. But I found the combat to be just really poor. And they had like the chapter, was it like chapter 13 or whatever, that they ended up remaking the entire chapter. And suddenly it was like Metal Gear Solid. Like it was a stealth game. You yeah. were sneaking through this warehouse and it like played terribly. Yeah. It took yeah. ages. It was not good. Just man. just really badly designed. And the magic system in 15, I think, is probably... There's no point using it's spells the, ever. No. Like, it, the it, cost that, is crazy. Yeah. yeah, The worst magic system, I think, yeah. in a Final Fantasy game. You can cast maybe two to three times before you have to go fucking... Refilling all that crap again, like yeah. the lanterns yeah. and stuff. Awful. And then we come to sixteen. So I guess let's talk. I mean, I have a couple of points here, and I guess the best thing that, for me, what was one of the best parts? You, you, you just know, I was just gonna say we should stick a bit to your 
um your layout and your questions and stuff because this really does have potential to just go off on the maddest <laughs> like anytime we've hung out and talked about it it's like you can't shut us up yeah, so yeah, like yeah. keep us on track i'll, do my, I'll do my best this is going to be incoherent otherwise <laughs> like a three-hour long review like yeah you know? okay so let's go for one of the first points i have to bring up was the narrative and the reason i wanted to bring that up first is because from a final fantasy perspective i think it is out of all of the Final Fantasies, including Seven, I think it is the strongest narrative start Ooh, to finish. Oh, how dare you. Oh, my God. It's because you included FF7. I'm just like, but it is the FF7 story. Almost carbon copied, like, with the, the magic being drawn out of the planet and it absorbing the life stream. So... With this like the main villain even in this final fight he had a one wing and there was there was a there was and a he, he looked just like Sephiroth firing that fucking beam and they attack. had a they had a motif a little yeah. one wing danger like motif. they were blatantly copying ff7 there no so in 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 the baseline in terms of i would agree that in terms of what was happening to the planet was very similar to seven everything else was that's almost all of the story no it's like, like, no i mean if you're that discrimination with, between bearers like you know granted that's a new aspect we haven't seen but, but all all of the all of the other characters and the the conflicts that clive had with all these individuals none of that really happened in seven you don't get any of that in, it's, it's to me yes what's happening to the planet is a similar uh final fantasy story but that's i mean you could say the same for kind of six almost you, i mean that's kind of like the final fantasy trope there's the big bad guy who's going to destroy the world that's kind of the trope i yeah, mean everything I that happens between A and Z, I thought was some of the most coherent, strong narrative that a Final Fantasy game has had I, ever, I think. Maybe in the first 10 hours, but then after that, I was like, now it's very much go to that crystal, fight the summon, and then repeat that four times. Like, that for me was the narrative. Once it reached the halfway point, it just became the tr- typical Final Fantasy. Yes, and I, I wouldn't disagree with that, actually. I think I think the start of the game is a stronger... The first half of the game the is stronger. The first 10 hours are the best in the game. Easy. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think. And then it gradually, for me, got, got worse and got more familiar and got more obvious, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it got a little bit more obvious. The first 10 hours were extremely strong, and yeah. we were all, like, losing our mind over it. And as the game went on, it kind of got more and more outrageous and leaned more and more towards what you were saying, the Final Fantasy trope and the big bad guys behind it all. But, yeah. like... I still think that the strength of the voice acting and the characters and the cultures and the, like, I really enjoyed all of the missions towards the crystals. I know you were saying the other day, I thought it was very funny. Craig was like, they always go in the back door. Like they always know what a back door is. The secret entrance <laughs> to the crystal. It happens every time. It yeah. just, there's never any people anywhere, you know, like, like anytime yeah. you do anything, you only see who you absolutely have to see. Yeah. And no one else. Like as I was saying with the Ironborn, there's the leader, and then there's that girl who looked after Jill, and then that's it. There's nobody else other than like the default Generic bad guys Iron with a mask yeah. on. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think they, yeah, I mean, the, the explanations get weaker and weaker as they go. But what I like is when you're going into the back door to Kupka's place. Sid had already tried to break in there, so you 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 take Sid's route, you know, through that broken place, the the, the broken wall part. To well, get no, that's in Sandbreak. Yeah, that's Sandbreak when you're destroying the Sandbreak crystal. Sorry, before, the Sandbreak one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a cool one, and then with Jill's one, I re- I respected that one in that Jill knew the lay of the land, so you can get in the back door there. The other yeah. ones are a little bit like let's just let's just go in the back way. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you can just yeah. do that. <laughs> okay. Well, there's no guards posted or anything yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah, no, I think those kind of things are weak. But 
I mean, as you said, Kev, the voice acting. The voice acting is exceptional. Is it? Yeah, yeah Clive. Yeah. Uh, what's the guy's name? Ben Starr. Ben Starr, man. I've been like on the YouTube shorts or whatever. He keeps popping up and he's hilarious. Like just a complete dork. Yeah. One of the boys. A complete, yeah, a complete and, gamer. Yeah. Like he had the ability to tank that game if he didn't give a good performance, but he clearly cared. He an carried awful lot. it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Like if he had been the that, like if he had been the voice actor for Titus, the game would have been terrible, you know, like <laughs> ah, just instantly. Ah, ah, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, because there are so many things, you said it, there's that, there's that point where in the storyline where you are um, reintroduced to Clive's horrible mother. And it's a big, it's almost Such like a family, a bitch, it's, yeah, and it's almost like a family yeah. reunion part. And she's kind of, she, even though she's, she's definitely got her back up against the wall in, in this scenario and, and everything's going to shit, she is... Like Lena on Clive and still giving Clive like you know yeah that the fuck you and 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 you, you made love my to life hate her. and you, you do love to hate her and his but she's still she's my least favorite character in the whole game yeah like, I just couldn't understand her motives or anything she I was, was like, just mean. you're the most villain for the sake of being a villain yeah. you're like Cersei Lannister just a fucking mean horrible bitch yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> desperate for power and willing to throw everyone under the bus to get yeah. it like but the delivery of Clive's reaction to her giving out about her Amazing. lot in life yeah. and he loses it but it's so real like I yeah. mean. And, and lots of his bits uh, funny enough when I got to the end of the game there's again spoilers do not listen keep listening to the show uh, here but the, the bit with um, Joshua at the end I thought he actually that was a bit weak by his comparison what, where he's sorry with Joshua at the end which, which, where, which where he's crying over Joshua's I really book. enjoyed that I, I, yeah, it especially was, the words where he goes my brother like the way like he delivered a couple of the lines there I was like surely this is really really difficult you know like to, to, to do. cry to sob yeah. that someone's dying but, some, but it was so believable to me I liked it so I and that's I'm glad you guys did because I loved it, him throughout but that last little bit and they played it today do you know I mean and I was like oh that's actually it's a little bit weak and that weak it's just there's some some of his cr- you know his crying there was like uh, almost like like it was sobbing laughing. like uncontrollable yeah but I was like what would I do and that, when I when yeah, soon as I heard sobbing. him I was like I was thinking to myself what would I do and I'm like you wouldn't it wouldn't be believable at all <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the thing is like I, I, here's me criticizing him but if you put me all right Darren uh, cry over your dead brother please and I'd be like uh <laughs> that's what I usually do. those are like the weakest moments in most video games when that shit happens so the fact that you just thought he wavered slightly is still very good like i yeah, think you know? very strong he just committed so much to each of the um like and it was it was the script was well written like a lot of the lines were good and then he delivered them super well um yeah. and yeah i found a very like that part i found very believable where he's like sobbing and it's just like it's almost hard to listen to yeah you know when someone's that upset that you're like oh i don't know what to do yeah. like, that, that's uncontrolled and at the beginning of the the game at phoenix gate where he's like i'm gonna fucking kill you because that you know he doesn't realize that he's ifrit and he's you know wailing on joshua mm-hmm. and he's like screaming i was kind of like oh i feel a bit uncomfortable but yeah. like that's the effect that i think it's meant to have do you know what I mean it's, of course, it's, it's yeah. a person going absolutely fucking raging over the situation he's, or whatever he's brilliant and it, yeah because you were talking about that scene in sam breck during the bahamut sequence mm-hmm. uh which no i was currently playing and my phone keeps vibrating i'm sure it's <laughs> loads he's of going through the exciting <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but um when yeah he's talking to the mother and it's the first time he's seen her for ages and you know he realizes joshua's alive and he's flying around and like uh he starts going on to the mother about all the pressure everyone put on Joshua when he was a kid and like why he ended up the way he did and blah, blah, blah. 
and he's just fantastic, yeah. man. He's so believable. And like as he's talking, he's just getting angrier and angrier. Yeah, he's working and himself. Up. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah. where is he pulling this from? I was yeah. like, fair deuce yeah. to this Brilliant, guy. Like, where man. is he pulling this from? Yeah. He, so I think that the narrative is is helped massively by the quality of, as you said, Kev, the script writing and the voice actors. That I still don't think all the voice actors did a great job. I just think the ones that were most important, Clive, Joshua, really nailed it. Like yeah. you know. Sid. But that's not Craig. for everyone. I strongly disagree. I love Sid, <laughs> Sid man. Sid's voice is crazy. I can't, I, so, so tell me again. So, I mean, when the game had come out and people were playing through, you know, the start of it and Sid was kind of like everyone, you know, the internet was like, I fucking love Sid. Sid's the coolest, you know, Final Fantasy character to come out in ages. What were your th- first thoughts of Sid? What, what really what irked well, well, you about Sid? If you Sid? just look at his character model, he looks like... 40 maybe at best yeah. and he is slick hair young man's face not a single wrinkle and then he's like how you doing there lads <laughs> like it's just so raspy for such a clean shaven handsome guy and because I've seen that actor in so many things like Game of Thrones and like mm-hmm. he's not the most handsome looking lad but at least his face really imparts the way he talks yeah. and in this game in particular so many of the characters looked a certain way but once they spoke you're like that made zero sense. Like, who else? There's, who there's else one scene in particular. Do you know when the first time you go to the hideout and someone, some one of the guys behind the bar gives you a meal to, to give to three guys? Yeah. Mm. I remember walking over to this guy and he's like, "Oh, hey, Sonny, thank you for bringing the food to me." And I was like, "He looks younger than I do." Yeah. Like, <laughs> it made no like. Yeah, I was yeah. like, "He looks like 25," and they're doing an old man voice. But Final like, Fantasy, so silly. Final Fantasy games have always suffered from that. One of the things that I thought was very interesting, having played through Horizon Forbidden West where the quality of NPCs in terms of graphics and voice acting is insanely good like yeah, outrageously yeah, yeah. good and we come to let's say Final Fantasy 7 Remake a hugely successful game you still have shitty looking NPCs with <laughs> yeah. really I know there's about 20 of them and then you walk a few feet and you just see, see them the again, same one like, again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, sometimes it'd be like two or three of them that are the same person like talking to each other you're like <laughs> yeah. ah. I always found the like it absolutely terrible if you would ever like talk to an NPC and in the frame, you can see an identical NPC. I'd like at least move him out of the <laughs> shot, like, you <laughs> know, or just frame. use the seven that you have in this shot. Like, yeah, yeah, know? yeah. No, I agree. So, I mean, narratively, I think in, t- in terms of the end of the game, um, I really enjoyed for the fact no like i enjoyed the narrative the whole thing i think the strongest part of the game is absolutely the start and i think one of the best mm-hmm. uh sequences is getting on top of the um the castle nova care norvin care norvin that's that is, is my favorite part of the game too yeah. Where going you, through Karen Norvant and you to go try up, and get Benedicta, who yes. is easily my favorite character. Yes, great villain. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's a pity that she was the first one. I couldn't believe that happened, especially because when she got away, I was like, "Oh, excellent! She escapes. Now we're going to be dealing with her throughout the game." Yeah, and then she just goes mad, and that's it. She's gone. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and like that part was was I think was so strong because it was so different for a Final Fantasy game. Like, what I was doing was very different from other Final Fantasy games. Here I am, like, storming a keep mm-hmm. in very kind of Game of Thrones, medieval-style stuff, but with, like, that incredible voice acting. And I am under the belief that, oh, my God, is this Joshua that's here in the castle? Like, Jimmy, because yeah. at that point, the character is hooded. You don't know who they are. They've just got their Yote, the, yeah. the, their servant with them or whatever. Yeah. But even Benedict has been a bit, like, she's, she stabs Yote yeah. to try and get him to talk and she's just twisting the sword and like you were a great villain yeah. like, this yeah. is, this is classic stuff and fantastic voice acting like she was spot on like she was so mean like even yeah. like somewhere her own guard runs back to be like oh there's you know uh, rebels chasing me and then she just kills him, him. for being weak you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah that's 
proper Darth Vader bad guy type yeah. shit. Like. Yeah. And her character was made all all the better because you know there was a part of her that used to be good. Like good. The, yeah. The, that Sid recognized. The Sid recognized, yeah. and they he, you know, own. when he, when Sid and Clive have the conversations early on, uh, Sid alludes to a person that he couldn't save, and I assume it's just, he was just talking about Benedicta. That mm. he was like, you know, oh, I was trying to find the good in everybody, but there was just one person I couldn't. Yeah. So I love that, like that that background where she was at one point just someone who was you know in the imperial army along with sid and had a kind ish heart mm. and, yeah. sid, and then this one point sid was like this is all fucked i'm leaving and couldn't bring her with him which yeah. was like the sad part and she still has a thing for him as well you can tell like the anger in her that that he left or whatever and now she's kind of like messing around a little bit with a cup well she's kind of like sleeping with everyone yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah she's the, the Barnabas, Balud, yeah. hugo kupka and of course it was sid i'm just yeah. like who is she loyal who is she in love with at this very moment probably no one i love like i realistically she could be just screwing over all yeah. three like i yeah. think she had a thing for sid i think sid was probably someone that she actually had a fondness for where i think barnabas and kupka were a means to an end yeah. to kind of help her status or whatever yeah she, some of her dialogue uh, when she's talking to clive when sid's there and she's she, like she immediately gets angry talking to sid like and that kind of stuff makes me like oh there's there's a there's a lost thing yeah there, there's history there yeah, yeah, whatever well it does else, say yeah. that her and sid came to willudes to the king at the same time mm. like years before you know? yeah. Like, yeah so they knew each other arriving at willudes and before they took up a position so the start of the game is very very strong and what i appreciated about the narrative towards the end is where final fantasy games historically across the board i can't think of one that's ever ended well mm-hmm. you know they always have this really long, like you know seven the genova the sephiroth destroying all the planets it's a bit too it's a bit like too much oh, it's a bit then much. eight is like oh they were all in the orphanage together better than eight. <laughs> oh yeah seven's better than eight yeah absolutely but then, they're all universally bad yeah, yeah their endings are bad like the game is great but the ending's bad this to me was the strongest ending out of Every final it was it was one of the least ridiculous over the top endings. Yeah, um, it was. It still was a little bit ambiguous. I feel like like they all are, the, but they all are. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I like I actually liked Ultimate as a bad guy. Oh, um, fuck! Ultimate. And I feel like <laughs> well, I liked him more than Ultimessia or yeah. whatever. Was Ultimessia the was manipulating Garland or whoever like, living through her. Like Ultimate, which is like contemplating. You must have co- like he must have said consciousness about a hundred times, yeah, without did, understanding yeah. what it worked, what it what it meant, like you know. Did I was like, how can someone so that? smart be so fucking dumb, like you yeah. know? So I think, yeah, as you say, Kev, it's 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 the most coherent, and it, it is, and it's so ambiguous because I only finished it today. But like at the end credit scene, it was like it literally ends with saying, "And as one journey ends, dot dot dot." And obviously, you say to yourself, "Well, another begins." It doesn't even say another begins, but it ends with this whole like, you know. Did he, didn't he type thing or, or what's going to happen mm-hmm. now? But no, I love that. I love that ending. I love that the three of them, I love that I love that Dion was there at the end and uh, Joshua like and Clive, like like those three. And like, yeah. jo- that, that's what I liked about the story as, as well in that it was brave enough to say, hey, Clive's the main guy, but we're okay bringing all these other side characters. Let's say Joshua has made friends with and he's there because of a thing that's happening in the background. Like uh-huh. we, we're not privy to all this kind of stuff, and I like that. And you know, you, even from Clive's perspective, he's just accepting of like, oh, you trust this person? Okay. He yeah, only pretty yeah. much talks to Dion once or twice yeah. in the whole game. Right? Yeah. But <laughs> Joshua has a whole meeting with Dion yeah, and a yeah. whole trying and it's, to. Because there's a moment right where Joshua's like, you know, I owe him a favor or whatever, and Clive kind of stops for like a half a second. He's like, 
okay like I'll you know let's just deal with it fair yeah, enough yeah, yeah, like yeah. no but Clive asked. would have just left him there for dead like, yeah, yeah. absolutely because <laughs> it was shocking he survived in the first place yeah like. but the three of them going off and the understanding or the kind of the atmosphere the mood with everybody on the enterprise or at the hideout and they're all leaving ready to go and everybody's quite upset I'm like oh this is like I mean Dion definitely is is considering this a suicide mission but I'm getting is it a suicide mission for Joshua the, the fact five? that the the developers made them all give their farewells even though every single time they left on a mission to destroy a crystal they should have said their goodbyes in the same manner because like the odds of success should have been ridiculously low every single time they left the hideout like so there's no reason to think that this is any more difficult than any of the other missions because they were all preposterous you know yeah yeah. sneak into an enemy country get past all their guards destroy a crystal and a big icon and then get the hell out of it and then Clive would just show up, job done, you know? <laughs> like, But yeah. like every single time, they should have done those scenes but to it, the point where I knew Craig, it was all going to end now, horribly. Like, now they're fighting the god, do you know what I mean? You know? Yeah. But they I were think, fighting think, the icons as well. Yeah, but it, I think it was a different, like, I think it kind of, as you got towards the end, the mood was exactly what you said that like all right this last mission like make sure all your affairs are in order like yeah but th- that's, this that's, is it that's them telling the player not clive you know what they need to do because we know it's the final battle because we have to get our affairs in order but clive shouldn't know that you know clive definitely knows that he's fight, he's going into the crystal to fight ultima after fighting all the icons and everything else like, I, get, yeah, like I mean it's a hard like it's fight i just think guy. every one of those other crystal fights was a suicide mission as well you know i mean potentially yeah. but what, what i mean to say is but what i like about that is the three of them go off uh, you know with the anticipation of the suicide mission yeah and there was a point so you know um bahamut does you know dion does his bit as bahamut's quite cool and he kicks the bucket that's him gone you know and well i don't know if he died i mean dragoons don't take fall damage right so, <laughs> <laughs> so i mean he's fought on loads of times and yeah, been yeah. fine like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I i think yeah true we didn't see his dead body but i'm assuming that he i he would died. hope that him and clive died and that joshua survived joshua's on... definitely dead isn't he didn't joshua die in yes. clive's arms yeah but then he had the power of ultima and then he oh he like tried wound. to heal him no and then but it didn't, that, like... no he heals the wound oh. and then looks at his hand and goes this is too much power for one man uh, no, so he doesn't actually have too much power for one man. He says he's not, he was like, even as a vessel, I'm not strong, strong enough. enough to wield this power. Yes, which But made, he'd already healed Joshua after he said that. No, I think I yes, just... Yes, he did. No, I remember no, it. He, clear, he, still clear. he cleaned the wounds, but Joshua never woke up. I know, Joshua never did because they're not going to admit what's just happened. And Clive doesn't even know if he's healed him or not. He just doesn't look back. Well, he can, and doesn't like talk about Joshua from that moment. He just kind of looks at his hand and is like... Oh, I see, like this is actually too much power for my vessel anyway. So I wasn't ready to wield this. And then he casts some sort of spell that we don't know what it is. And then the next time you see him, that hand, similar to Thanos, is all dissolving and like it's become petrified. Yes. You know, like, like the he's used too curse. much power in his yeah. arm. But it's only his arm that shows his petrified. So he could still be fine. You know, he could still be alive. I yeah. I would just prefer it if he did die. Dion did die, but Joshua lived. I would prefer because if he all made three the died. sacrifice and he he was the shield. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be okay with Joshua living, I suppose, but I definitely took it that Joshua was dead. I took it that when Clive healed Joshua, he healed like his flesh. Yes. But why would but anyone... it was still like he's still dead? Can't bring him back to life. I mean, it, 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 both scenarios are equally possible. I just think he would have like teared up if he was unsuccessful. But I think know? he already had. So my, the way I saw that scene when I was playing it today was, I think he 
he already mourned the death of Joshua and came back being like, well, I've got the power of ultimate, can I heal him? Probably not, tries it, doesn't do it. And he's like, he's mourned him already. And he's like, okay, well, this vessel isn't strong enough to take ultimate power that I can just bring people back from the dead or whatever mm-hmm. else. So I guess I better use whatever power I can do to destroy this. And, 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 and what I like is that he just resets everything because you get that scene at the very end of the game, which is obviously generations into the future. Oh, yeah. uh, so... There's ultimate. There's different interpretations of that. So you're reading it that like, yes, this is in the future when those kids are at play. Yeah. But more realistically, um, the events of the game never happened, and that Final Fantasy is the book that's on the table, and that none of these events ever happened. That it's all just a story. This is like the the Maximilian dude, big brain theory that like the the book itself that's you know written by joshua joshua's like a moniker or whatever else mm-hmm. and it's like the final fantasy and it's just a story and it's to teach kids like it's about magic and everything else but to teach kids that like you know you have to put in the hard work yeah. and morals and blah, blah, blah. i i don't i didn't know i didn't take I it that way that. and i actually i disagree with it as yeah. an opinion but yeah. for me it's the... also just one of those cases where like it's open to interpretation yes. so everything's true and everything they did false. it with a lot like they didn't show dion's dead body they didn't show clive dead yeah, they yeah. just showed him on a beach with one petrified yeah. hand yeah like, which falls to the ground yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it, I mean, because and like that, we we get to it at the end of the 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 episode where we talk about kind of like what do we think is in the future for Final Fantasy sixteen. But as a whole, um, I think do we agree? Good narrative, main storyline, uh, the first half. Yeah, I thought so. Okay. I enjoyed I, the whole narrative. I thought there was very some of the side quest parts were a little bit weak. They got better as the game went on. I thought almost all the main line was great. There were some outrageous moments. The big Titan fight. Going yeah. to space, but you go to space all yeah. the time in Final Fantasy, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're a bit ridiculous, but like right up to the end, I thought the narrative was very good. I thought Dion was a fantastic character, Clive, Joshua, Jill. There was loads of like Jill annoyed me at the start, but she got better. There was loads of great character arcs. There mm-hmm. was conclusions, satisfying conclusions to a lot yeah. of those character arcs. Like I really thought it was For good. me, it felt like whoever wrote the game was one person and he used his fucking whatever way <laughs> Whatever, like, uh, sorry, um, what's the word? Whatever kind of personality he has, I thought he put on every single other character to the point where, like, if you go to the hideout, universally, every single person in the hideout is a very good person who never says a bad word or does anything wrong. Well, But I if mean, you go to Sandbrick or Walud, it's the exact opposite. So you only have absolute heroes and absolute villains, and there's no shady people in between. Well, like I mean, Karen, we did Karen's side quest, right? The shopkeep. Karen, yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she pulled someone's eye out. Yeah, okay. There's like but I mean, character- she's the clear heart of gold who's been like putting her own money into the hideout for generations and like has essentially just kept the whole thing afloat forever. Yes, but like, she's not black and white. She's not I know she's not villain. black she's and white. Like, she, she's a classic like, oh, I don't care if you come back here, blah, blah, blah. But clearly has the heart of gold and will do anything to save. Yeah, but friends. was a horrible was wench horrible horrible for ages. Yeah, yeah. So, that's what I, so I don't necessarily think I'd agree with saying that for every character. I think there's a lot of optimism okay. in the hideout, um, which I appreciated but also at times i was like ah people should probably be a little bit yeah. more pessimistic about what's going on right yeah. now because it sucks but what the game is missing hugely is the banter between characters because everyone talks to clive 
never like Dion and you know Joshua have a couple of moments here which are nice but generally speaking Jill has nothing with Joshua or Jill has nothing with Dion or Sid or any of this yeah. stuff and it's very Clive it's very Clive central and even because in the, the order in which you do the side quests you don't necessarily have to have Joshua or Jill or Sid with you so during most side quests they remain completely silent because yes. the game doesn't know who you have with you so it doesn't give them dialogue. Yeah. So from the most part, it's just Clive doing a mission while whoever's with him just stands there. Yeah. And I'm worried that those type of things will happen in Remake Part 2 because that's the original FF7 is full of that shit where like they don't make any of the characters talk because they don't know who's with you, so they just leave it blank. And I'm like, I hate that stuff. What, I in, wish the OG it was more. in the OG7? In the yeah. OG7, don't they have like loads of voice lines written for very specific circumstances? There's like, like the one... maybe three or four per character. And that's like three or four lines, lines of dialogue yeah. per character ever. In most situations, like when Yuffie robs you and the character's like, oh, what happened to my stuff? No matter what two characters you have in your party, they will say the same words of dialogue, no matter who it is, no matter if it's Barrett, Tifa, Eric, anyone. The dialogue doesn't change. It's just terrible. Yeah, Yuffie does call Tifa uh, boobs in that situation. If you have Tifa as the leader of the party when Cloud is crazy and you get Yuffie then, Yuffie refers to Tifa as boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I never knew that. Uh, that yeah, is I awesome. only found out recently. Yeah. <laughs> fun, fun, fancy seven fact. So, okay. So, narratively, I think, I mean, I think it's a strong game. I, I get where you're coming from, Craig. I think, but like, I think it was very strong. Character yeah. flaws. Jill was the weakest character in the whole game for me. Um, I was really underwhelmed by the relationship yep. between her and Clive, especially oh. that nothing happened in the five years and it all happened pretty much a week before yeah. they had died. And I was like, you were five years together building a new hideout, doing yeah. this, doing that, and the other. And you only touch hands like close to the end of the can game. I, can I just bring it. up uh, probably one of my least favorite, because like, the, the, the cutscenes for developing the narrative were, were always very, very good. One of my least favorite scenes in, that, in, that, in its entirety thing is where they end up on the beach in the nude, in the nip. And oh, they yeah. have some sort of weird anime sex scene where it's like, it's just alluding to the fact they're going to have sex, but it's all about Clive just taking her power. You have to remember that this is a Japanese developed game and Benedicta also was naked loads of times pointlessly. No, 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 no. Like... no it, 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 the nudity, I don't mind. What I'm saying is that the whole, so... <laughs> they were takes... inventing scenarios to, for them to take off their clothes. He, let's, but let's not no, take it, out away from that. That sure, was clearly then. Sure. But being I, I don't mind that. But I'm going to say that that scene was really, really strange. In that, him taking her power was almost like a almost sexual. It was like. almost sexual. And yeah. then they had sex. And then they had sex. Really weird scene. Totally unnecessary. Uh, I, I was, know what you mean, and it's funny because I was I was playing that with you, and you and Lauren both said that when you were playing it. But when I played it originally, I didn't really notice that at all. I just saw it as like, all right, he's taking her power. And I just thought he was just no, like, improving his own strength finally. And yeah, I was just yeah. wondering, like, I didn't... The, the fact that every other power-up you've ever done, like Benedicta, Hugo, even Odin and Bahamut, every single time he absorbed the power, it always happened accidentally. He never once attempted to do it. It, yeah. all, it just kind of happened because he got near them. He spent five years with you. <laughs> Yeah, and at no point did the power ever get transferred. Like you know, I'm like this fucking bullshit. Maybe they, <laughs> maybe they don't need to be weakened, or they needed yeah, to yeah, like yeah. be willing at the time. Do you know, like it wouldn't just spontaneously happen because he yeah. was near someone who's not. I mean, I call it bullshit, but I mean, it's still like it needed to happen like, yeah. but when he absorbed the power never for a second did I think that oh now Jill can no longer fight I just assumed she'd be grand but then you never have her again well, on they, your team no they she does know she helps out she helps out when you're like fighting Odin and stuff she um, creates like the big when you're fighting Odin underwater is that before oh no you get Shiva after that yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And even in that sh- scene, she just shows up with Dion and Gav. Like, she wasn't with you the whole time at all. She just shows up. You and Joshua get teleported off by Ultima. Oh. And then she's left fighting with the others. And yeah. then she has that scene with the yeah. ice where she remains behind. But, they but do, you, never, you never play as her again until you finish her final, final quest. Quest. And then you quest. But even then, her. the game's over. Yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. I, I only thought that when I was doing that last line. I said, well, there's nothing for me to play with you yeah, on my yeah. team. So I su- I, her quest was the last one I did on my first playthrough because I, was, I wanted to get their kind of romantic send-off, so I left it till last. And it just meant that I didn't get to play as Jill for like the final third of the game, yeah. I would say. Like, and she's with you for... The, almost the entire game during the five years in which you were setting up everything so she was a really really important character and then she just gets benched out of nowhere because joshua was back you know yeah yeah she and she was a disappointing character for me too in that um she at the start of the game i think she's quite strong young jill i was a big big fan of like in terms mm. of like she's really looking out for clive and all that type of stuff but yeah she kind of and it's disappointing because she and I, it's kind of the, the trope that I'm kind of tired of. She really plays the damsel in distress. Yeah, she gets a kidnapped a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah, and as well, like like the first time, it's you're fighting Hugo Kupka and you, or no, you fight a boss on your way to Hugo Kupka and you beat the boss, and then after the the cutscene, Hugo Kupka is just holding Jill out of nowhere. You know, like I'm like, when did that happen? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. when did he get behind us? Yeah, like it was really irritating. Yeah, so she, she, so I think there's, there's, there's good characters, bad characters. Like, she should have, like, because it said that her dad was the king of a northern territory, and like that was a rebellion that they had to put down at some point. It was really wasted potential that you never went there, or you never saw her dad or any of her people where she's from, like at all, like you know. Her was backstory that... got changed to be Iron Blood, even oh, though yeah. she is no affiliation with them. She whatsoever. was because she was her land also come to the blight, yeah, and then she was captured by the Ironborns after the Phoenix Aid incident, uh, and then okay, was. Yeah used as a weapon by them until you save her right yeah. yeah yeah like she she's much better at the start of the game than she's by the end of the game like she i, she's I more actually enjoyed character. jill's story once uh, she was really lame for a while and then when you went back to the ironborn place to destroy the crystal but did you see how I, lame she was during that fight with her raising her sword up in, the, in like this and she's like i will defeat you and she takes this stupid pose i'm just like man you look ridiculous right now even the way she stabs them it's like you are dead now. Like she's just doing all these stupid poses that I'm just like, man, the voice actor is really fucking up here. Like, you know? <laughs> I really <Yeah>. liked her. <laughs> well, I'm glad you did, Kev. Yeah. So, well, because we are we are stomping through the time of this episode here, and we have covered like two things on the list here. Uh, let's go to uh, kind of like the world itself and look at kind of I guess like the 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 landmasses, the groups that exist there, and the enemies. So mm. to kind of to, to to go into it first, we'll talk about the enemies. My biggest gripe with the game is the variety of enemies in this world. Yeah, you, you traverse- will you will hate New Game Plus then because in Same every game. single fight they throw in a mini boss into every like anytime there's a like say ten random enemies with just health mm-hmm. they'll throw an enemy in with a stagger bar every time. Yeah. So it just mean you know that like executioner type bad yeah. guy you'll fight a hundred more of him on mm-hmm. New Game Plus. Yeah. And considering that the world what we're talking about is massive, the twins we're talking about two huge land masses. The variety of enemies is just so and. Uh, Kev, you and me talked about this, and you know we've got a hunt board where you go out and hunt. And we think of, you know, we're talking about Final Fantasy 16. We've had 15 other iterations with all of their own enemies in it. Yeah. They have a huge wealth of classic Final Fantasy enemies to pull from, and they don't pull no from Tonberry. But yep. that is because in, in nearly all of those games, the, those enemies have one or two attacks. So one or two different animations. Whereas in this, 
they have to be staggered they have like various moves they're moving all over the place like just that first dragoon fight that i was talking to you about it blew my mind how much he kept fucking jumping all over the place like i was like this guy is worthy of a final boss by himself yeah and he was just a kind of common halfway boss enemy but he blew my mind the first time i fought him i couldn't believe the enemies were moving around and doing so much and you see that a lot in your first playthrough because they're just throwing new enemies at you constantly. But yeah. I was like, this will have to slow down eventually. Because and it does. Yeah. yeah. They have so many intricate moves that I was like, there's no way they're going to have a hundred of these. Like, it's impossible. I don't know. And like, it, it is a good point to say that they have to animate all these guys. Uh, but I think, and w- that's one of my points about the world in and of itself, in that I loved how big it was, but perhaps they might have been better. Making the scope a little bit I less. would have got rid of mid and everything to do with the airship. Bent, like get rid of all of that because it was always just fetch quests anything associated with mid was fetch quest but if she was out of it it would just be go to the crystal and beat the boss and i'm like there was a be lot much more streamlined game. i really like mid as a character in I your second playthrough you will not because like when you really want to get into the nitty-gritty fighting that just keeps stopping you from continuing yeah slowing you, know? you down and those you can't skip you know most of the side quests is like okay you can just kind of skip it but this is blatant side quests in the main story yes you know? yeah 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 yeah, yeah. picking her affairs so yeah the enemies in the world uh, kev you and me talked about one of our favorite things was the the fact that we had uh, very different kingdoms with their own cultures and yeah starting with phoenix the phoenix and that group yeah man the start of the game that was i text you almost immediately in the first few hours when you're back and you're on the way to phoenix gate and they're all sitting around the castle and having drinks and they start singing songs and all the songs have lyrics that are about the phoenix the armor looks like the phoenix they're like religious and cultural practices are based around their icons like i love that yeah. and i know you were saying craig that they needed more of that and they definitely could have sprinkled more of that throughout the game it would have mm-hmm. helped but like i really loved the distinct cultures throughout the game and like the different i felt like all the the territories and all the cities and all the like city states and everything else felt like their own thing which yeah. i really enjoyed uh, i did well i mean even with lewd we never saw like because everyone is already dead and yeah. the iron but we never even go there we only see the crystal place and like every single ironborn person has a mask on so i have no idea what their culture is or what even their land looks like so yeah so there's, you know? th- th- there's two two arguments that could be made here one the game is 100 hours long well like 90 80 90 yeah. hours long if you if you're like doing all the side quests everything like that do we need more is there enough there do we need to know everything would be one point of argument and the second one i'd say is well is it probably more beneficial for them to let's say maybe take one or two of them out and develop the other ones that exist in the i world think a they more? should have especially do you know, do you know the way like because and at the active time lore which i think is the best thing Amazing, they could have yeah. added to any far fantasy i think Big it's time. brilliant but if you look at the active time lore and it can show you the paths over the different times. Yes. But at the very start of the game, Walud are sending their assassination team, whereas Sambrek are sending their assassination team, and it's the Iron Blood versus the Dalmechian Republic, while the other uh, like countries are all involved doing their own thing. But by the time you get to like Sid's death, like when it's showing the active time lore, the other countries aren't doing anything anymore. Like it was very involved at the start with everyone doing different things, but by the halfway point, it's just Sid's group moving around. And yeah. everyone in the world is just remaining completely but still. But I think isn't isn't part of that due to the fact that, you know, certain kingdoms at this stage, with the, the fact that the Phoenix Gate was taken, isn't that now that we've you've almost got a stalemate, that two kingdoms become a lot stronger yeah. because of what happened in 837 yeah the well, no, but, i mean there is a lot going on like like sambrek takes over rosaria or whatever then there's the break 
then they take over the, the twins or whatever yeah. it is. And like then the that's it for me. Like the pretty much million, after that, the entire no time Dalmechia and them are warring. But yeah, at that stage, there's only two kingdoms essentially on the yeah. island and like the Ironbloods doing some raids and they're fighting. But they haven't Wulu. had a raid since the Shiva fight five years prior. We have no idea what they're doing in between that well, time. Well, I see, you know, I meant Rosaria. like raiding like little villages or whatever. But what I mean is that it is two, it's like Sambrek and Dalmechia, the two major powers and then Walud on the other island. And it, it has become kind of a stalemate where it's like, oh, we're at war. Like they're trying to take over the Crystalline Dominion from us again. We could send the icons out, but then Titan's busy with Clive. And then you get the whole section of Bahamut where he's going to go out. And they don't want to destroy the cities. And, and like, the icons are this whole thing where they're basically nuclear deterrence. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, that they yeah the weapons of mass destruction. But that made me feel more like as soon as Hugo Kupka died, I think every single minister in Dalmechian Republic should have been fucking running around looking for that baby who's the new Titan. Like, you know, that should have been priority one. But that was know? what we were saying the other day. We don't know yet where, like, is he born straight away? If and he, does I he think, show himself later in life? Is, like, yeah. the person born as the icon and then they develop the things? Or can Those the icon are things choose someone the later game in life? should have told us mm. or fleshed out because that, to me, is very important. And they just went, eh, we can kind of do whatever we want with that. It's quite, it's quite important because it's the scene uh, towards the end of the game where you meet that girl, uh, Edda, Ida, and she's pregnant. Mm. And I thought, I was like, For me, I? it's like she's... The baby's clearly going to be the next Odin or something. Yeah, like, that's, you know? yeah. that's what I kind of... Because I was like, oh, this baby's being born. And I, that's where I was kind of thinking, yeah, maybe they should say... Because the, uh, they allude to certain things whereby Clive was brought to Phoenix Gate and didn't have the power of the Phoenix. And Joshua was born then. And they, you know, he showed signs of them quite early. So, you know, it's like, well, is it is it obvious from birth? Do they... It's only when they get into, like, their adolescent years that well, this is a show. Well, remember we were saying that the reason... Dion and his family came to Paris because Dion like presented as the icon Bahamut. Yeah. But it, and then it, his dad took the emperor role, just yeah. piggybacking off. But of it, his it son's sounds name. like he took that on. And again, I could be wrong because I don't think they ever explain it. But I always took it that he, as he got older, he developed these. Not that he was like born and they do some spell or say well, a prayer I mean, and say, oh, he's Bahamut. Yeah. Like at some stage he manifested or he semi-primed well, we or something happened. Clearly that but is they never what happened to Joshua. Like some sort of spell or ritual did happen where Joshua was supposed to get it. And the same thing happened to Clive. Yeah, Whereas when G- when Jill just fucking switched it on one day randomly. You know, like they yeah. didn't develop there isn't, it. Yeah, yeah. There isn't, there isn't any... And you're right. And I think it's one of those things where part of my argument before was kind of saying, well, hey, leave it up to our imagination and we can think what we want. But for something like that, it's yeah. so integral to the storyline as to... For, for us, as, for big fans... Who, yeah. like who step away after finishing the game and think on all the different things yeah. i'd love to know well actually hang on is there rules for this yeah. like should, is the world because they talk about leviathan the last why was why was leviathan lost did, yeah. did the person who was the icon leviathan leave yeah. don't have them not don't, don't mention eight icons then not have the eight icon in it and don't explain where he is you know like that's it there's just so many parts of the game where I'm like, no, clearly they wanted more in the game than they got. Like, Jill's parentage is an obvious factor of that, where, like, she's part of this northern kingdom. And there's even that moment where I told you before where it's just like, okay, how are we going to sneak back into our own country of Rosaria? I know, we'll go through the northern terries, territories, loop around, and then get back into Rosaria that way. On the world map, it's click Rosaria. That all happened, you know? Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. That's probably, like, 10 hours of gameplay yeah, 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 that yeah. we just skipped right there. Yeah, like, true. Know. So I guess you, to, to keep us rocking along here, um, I mean, lots of cultures. I liked it. I think, yes, some stuff could have been developed a bit more, but I like how some stuff was left to, just left to our imagination as to, yeah. as to, to what was going on here. But speaking on, I could, sorry, if you have... No, I was just going to say, just on that, 
I uh, I also loved. I'm sorry, I'll let us get on. No, with no, now. by all means. But I really loved the design of a lot of the the characters and the cultures. Like yes. again, the Rosarian armor I think looked amazing. Mm. The Dalmechians, the way those two guys with the knives that you fight, the and I know they get repetitive. Yeah. The assassin guys with like the little mask to breathe the fire. Mm-hmm. The dragoons looked amazing. Like all the yeah. Sandbrekians in their armor. The scene where like the Sandbrek Emperor is sitting on his throne. And they've got this giant mural painted in the background. And it's just like, like something you'd see on, in the Sistine Chapel. Yeah. But like placed into the game, like all of that added to the world for me, the design of the world. I thought it was... That you, that you know that like the Sambrake is kind of like religious zealots or approaching kind of religious zealots in terms of what... Because like, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a the theocracy. Whole, like, yeah. And yeah. The, whole, the whole time that, that that emperor is talking to uh, uh, Dion, when Dion's trying to talk sense into him, he's like, you know, it is the will of Grigor or whatever else. Great like, Grigor yeah, herself. Like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, this guy's, yeah. not yeah, yeah, it was very, very good. Um, so we're talking about the icons there, um, and we have in this like the icons are the basis for combat in this game, um, and a huge part of actually telling the story. And the icons are based off someone's from Final Fantasy game has gone by. So Great to see them getting a more central role. You know, right? Yeah, it makes no sense in seven that they even exist. You know? They're yeah. just material. They're yeah. just there for no They're reason. Just there. They're there in most of the games as just yeah. like things. Just yeah. an extra cool strong Nine, magic spell. Well, in like, six and. 9 and 10 they're very central to 10, the story yes, yeah. Yeah. Central, and yeah. nine's quite and cool nine. because and 9 as well because that's like how they invade the other countries like, yeah. Yeah. yeah so that, that kind of stuff was very very cool but in this one it was and that was what really sold me before the game came out when I saw the first trailer and I was like oh like there is there are people who become the summons and yeah. fight each other I was that's, like damn I don't think I'll ever be able to see Ifrit again and not think of Clive or yeah. Jill you know like for me like oh wow Ifrit and Shiva really got it on like it's their human forms <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, yeah. like it I'm was, always going to be thinking that now it was iconic hey, hey. he said it here yeah, I said it nice oh, so based off that so we got straight the game you get um, the powers of um, Ifrit as they call him in this game I've always called him I Ifrit. like Ifrit Ifrit's good like it was Ifrit. always Ifrit to me so I don't it, it will be back. Ifrit for me again when yeah. I change but but Ifrit 16 was, is Ifrit and yeah. that's fine like I'm not against it so we had Ifrit Shiva Ramu kind of the classics Garuda who was hasn't appeared you know was in 14 I remember was she in 14 yeah, yeah, yeah. in oh, 14 okay. big, so deal, what, big deal in yeah. 14 as well because we were talking and I'll be just like how are they going to do wins Pandemona looks ridiculous you know yeah <laughs> yeah and then we've got uh, Bahamoth Odin Titan and did I miss any I think that was, no, was and it. Phoenix and, and Phoenix. Phoenix yeah well, Phoenix to me is the least c- popular out of all of them but because like it's so centered on the two fire ones they were like oh, what other fire ones we have yeah Phoenix because Phoenix is rarely a main uh, someone in any of the games yeah you know? yeah Phoenix was not just because the other the other eight are you're pretty much your standard yeah. like uh, yeah the ones from summons. 10 you know <laughs> and Ramu like yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> plus Ramu yeah. yeah so like you know in the, they're such an integral part to um the fighting in this game did you guys did you guys first and foremost I guess did you enjoy the combat for this game? Yes. Yes. Uh, my first playthrough more so um, because I was swapping like icons constantly. And that actually made the game a lot harder for me because my yeah. my button memory was always terrible. And I was getting wrecked just because I had no idea where my abilities were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, really enjoyed the combat, particularly the, like Phoenix and Garuda, because I really thought it was really difficult, the Phoenix gameplay, like hitting someone up and then teleporting to where they were. Like I never got the knack for it. But by the time I got to my second playthrough, I never had to use Phoenix or Garuda because Odin, Shiva, and Bahamut were just so powerful. And <laughs> it's unfortunate, but like you'll see on New Game Plus or like the Ultimate Mode if you ever do. But the most, the best moves in the game are the ones that require 
no skill whatsoever. Like they're all the limit break moves. You know, like yeah, Judgment Bolt, Diamond Dust, yeah, yeah. Zen and Giga Flare are the best moves in the game. So like in order to do the most damage possible, you just stick on the ultimate move for each one and you just fire it off. Like there's no combo. It's yeah. just you press it's the button. One and it's, the other. And it's, because and it's it like, slow as time. So you have like 10 seconds to think about what you're going to do next while yeah. you're waiting. It like pauses the stagger bar in them as well. Mm. I really loved it um, watching the evolution of the stagger system because I think it came in in 13. There yes. was a stagger system in 13 yeah. and then I don't think they used it in 14, but it was the stagger system in 7 Remake and 15 i think yeah and 16 yeah and it it's just getting better like yeah, the, it's it's good this is some of the most fluid combat in a game ever huge variety of um abilities for icons not enough enemies like we were saying earlier on but all the enemies bar like the complete trash mobs do have unique move sets yeah. which are exciting very final fantasy 14 be, aoe effects if they just did more damage it would be really like Intense, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite easy. So, um, did you guys have a favorite combination of icon abilities that you used? So, Kev, I'll go to you first. What was your go to setup? My favorite, I finished the game with Phoenix, Garuda, and Titan. Um, I enjoyed all the other ones and I played through all the Chronoliths and uh, tried them out in combat a few times, but I actually felt like they were too strong. I felt like Phoenix, Garuda, and Titan were too strong, Um, but they're all you know, upfront, close combat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they require the most attack, skill. Yeah. Counters. Yeah. So I had a counter set to square for each one. Like yeah. the, I had Heat Wave, uh, the whatever, dead, not Deadly Gouge, the, the one that Garuda has. And then the, the, Gambus, the Raging Fists. Yeah, Rook's Gambit and then Raging Fists. Um, yeah. So I'd constantly be like dodging moves, very interactive combat. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was great. I did lots of... I was doing like, you know, 70,000 stagger damage on a stagger or whatever by the end, which was enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was still too easy even with those, but I absolutely loved them. I've since played a little bit of it. Shiva was very fun. Bahamut's like is grand, but you do is like mega flare thing and you're just floating around, like strafing from side to side, waiting for someone to hit you. And then you dodge them. Yeah. And you do that like twice. And then you kill everyone in the screen because you use Mega Flare yeah, and all this decimates stuff. decimates everything. Yeah, yeah, decimates everything. But what you could do is you can still do your command. You can First, you can control Torgle. And you, if you have satellite going, you can still fire it off the shots. And oh. you can also still taunt the enemies to make yeah, them immediately yeah, yes, attack you. Them, yeah. So like, what I would do in every fight, because Mega Flare was actually on my main... But I'm just too big a Bahamut fan. Even though I wasn't a huge fan of it, I was like, I'm not getting rid of Bahamut. He's my boy. So yeah, I yeah. had like Mega Flare satellite and giga flare as my like bahamut said mm-hmm. and i would go into battle i would immediately pop satellite then i'd go into my mega flare be firing like i would just hold l1 and the satellites would just be like gun turrets mowing down everything but then i would just keep taunting and then as i was dodging the attacks i would build up my mega flare and i would usually fire off a mega flare as i fired off a giga flare and i'm like oh mega giga flare you know? <laughs> like, like the ultimate attack ever like yeah you know? yeah, yeah i think i towards the end of the game when i forgot about my ability points for a long time i kind of like the sphere grid thing you get with the icons and i had a huge amount of points so i actually sat down and i was like okay i'm going to develop like a system here probably but like 80 percent of the way through the game and i finished on so you got three icons my first icon was phoenix that was my power icon my second really? that I- was your first mm-hmm. yeah who thought yeah never took him off uh, the first icon my second icon was um garuda and that was kind of like my stagger icon and my third yeah. icon was um i had it on uh not ramu because ramu was ramu's circle move was crap 
I had it on. Oh, I had it on um, Shiva, but I didn't actually have any Shiva moves oh, yeah. attached to it. So I had Shiva on, but Shiva was there too. Um, that was like my, my damage multiplier yeah. mode. So I had this thing where on Phoenix, I had um, the, the Scarlet, the, the Scarlet Scarlet's, Cyclone. Yes, that one. And I had Ignition. Those yeah. are my two moves. Then for um, Garuda, I had um, Gouge, but yeah. I also had Impulse from Bahamut. Impulse is amazing. Impulse is unbelievable. Shreds their stagger. Like, oh, yeah. like a, so they had, like, Garuda was like my stagger killer. And then I had on um, the Shiva one. Actually, sorry, I had Rhyme. So I had the, the Shiva one where you throw the ball out and it sucks people in. Oh, and yeah. I had Lightning Rod. I didn't like that. I hate that. <laughs> so I'd get to this point where I would the moment I got ready to like stagger, like fully stagger an enemy, the first thing I did was I launched impulse. Yeah. And just as I launched impulse, I throw a rod at the head of the enemy. And then I would just wail with everything else that I had. By the end of the game, my average was my average. Like, so even if I messed up a couple of things, it was like anywhere between 72 and 78,000. Nice. Yeah. Kind of thing. Cause the, the lightning rod is just, the lightning rod. I saw Maximilian do use it. And then you said it to me and I tried it and I was like, this is far too strong. I'm yeah. not playing with it. I was telling uh, like, the two moves, I think, Lightning Rod is just 2x damage. It, that's basically all it is. Yep. Yeah. And Will of the Wisks is invincibility mode. Oh, that's great, that's, man. I started using and that, that also multiplies damage because the fireballs hit. I constantly hit. hit. And, like, yeah. and you can take four hits before anything hits you. Yeah. Which, and like it lasts for 30 seconds. And then by the time you would be hit four times, you can just use it again. So you can be invincible forever. It's way know? stronger than I thought it was going to be. Like when I read the ability, I was like, this is stupid. Don't yeah. care. And then saw Maximilian dude use it and was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, I used it yeah. a couple of times on my second playthrough. I think maybe once against Odin or something like that because I wanted to just get my... I wanted to like see what kind of damage I could do, like the highest stagger I could do. But I'm always shocked with how like... Because Maximilian dude, I watched his entire playthrough and he wasn't enjoying the game because of the difficulty. But he was constantly using lightning rod and stuff like that. Like he was making the game as easy as possible for himself. And because then complaining he, about he the couldn't fact that it was get like, out. Like all, his priority was always do as much stagger damage as possible. Yeah. And I don't understand that mentality. I know no. a lot of people probably have that as well. But I was just I always wanted to have more fun. Like for me, I had Garuda, who I had the move. Well, it's a circle move, so it pulls you up in the air. But I had the ability where you step back, you do the wheel kick counter. Yeah, and then I would hit circle a oh, couple yeah. of times, scanning, and then I would switch to Titan and use the up evil because I'm in the air. And then that would just slam down from the air and hit down into the ground. And it looked amazing because you're already through the air. And then you slam down on the yeah. ground with your fist. And that did fuck all damage. But I did it every time because it looked great, you know? And that was an issue with it, with the game was, especially once you do the side quests, I don't know what it would be like if you're just doing mainline. It was too easy. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And because of that, that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to stick with these like close combat, lower damage. There's yeah. no point in me just Zantetsu can... Yeah, you know entire good. groups of mobs because it's like well where's the fun like yeah. i'm not having fun yeah. anymore and i think that's a good point actually because i watched a lot of maximilian dudes i was ahead of everyone but craig and craig's not a big texter um but I've, i was ahead of everyone else and you could have text me if you had i did text you, you and you me? i did text you and you got back to me in like three word answers but i um <laughs> yeah, i man, was watching cool. but i can't spoil anything yeah you know? of course he'll ask me like, oh what do you think what do you think is gonna happen here i'm like oh i don't know, I don't know. you know like i can't yeah, say yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's why it was so good watching maximilian dude because i got to see someone else experience it yeah. before you and and now were caught up yeah um but that's a good point because i was watching him being like he like, was complaining a lot about it but he was then he was doing as much damage as possible all the time and it's like and like that's clearly a little brain thing that you have that's not good because you're ruining your own enjoyment by yeah because like 
I, and like his first like five or six videos were like using Phoenix and Garuda and I was like blown away by how skilled he was compared to me Oh, like yeah. he was so much good. better yeah. but as soon as he got to like Odin Bahamut I was like well now I'm better than him because I'm doing all the stuff he was doing and he's just like hitting ability 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 with no skill like he's just hitting them in order you yeah. know like and that's it like yeah so he's made the game way worse for himself but he's like look at those numbers aren't those exciting i'm like they're just fucking numbers like yeah, you know? yeah. i think i got wrapped up in the numbers towards the end of the game but as i was playing through the end of the game i wanted to i just wanted to see how high i could do the damage mm-hmm. uh, but my first half of the game was was incredibly enjoyable because even like you saw me kev playing it like early on i had like ramu equipped for a good chunk of the game and like, I, think I can't Ram believe probably, you had Ramu. <laughs> he's my he's, least favorite, uh, easily. I would, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think who my least favorite would be. I'd be torn between Ramu and maybe Shiva. But Shiva... His, the cold, the circle. Sh- no, Shiva's circle attack. Is amazing. I, yeah. I have a, video, a, a clip to say. Is the, the best moment in the whole game for me was when, like, do you know those Berserker guys are spinning around with their yes. axe? So they're, they're going to hit you a bunch of times in succession. But, like, one of them... Sp- spawn at me and like i got my like raging fists off and yeah. it was like da, 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 i hit him a hundred times but like in slow motion he's still spinning yeah and just as like his axe is gonna reach me at the end of the move i just hit circle with shiva and i just dashed out of it and he turned to ice like you know so i got like two amazing counters off back Class. to back and he was just fucked and i just obliterated yeah. him you know what did you think i'm sorry to bring us on a tangent because no we're no fine no. short of time but you were staying when we were in craig's the other day we were talking and you were like didn't see behemoth in this game at all and then you do the Behemoth yes, fight. Yes, did you notice how I was purposely trying you to were, lie yeah, to yeah, him? Yeah, like, yeah, I was yeah, like, right. oh shit, yeah, I can't believe he's good not point. in it. That's mad. I was trying to put the game down in he front was, of he was, he was very good and it was cool because he starts off with, when you're first introduced to him, because he is one of my favorite enemies. He's one of my favorite enemies in uh, 14. And Monster was, Hunter World. And Monster Hunter World. Great uh-huh. fight. One yeah. of the most challenging fights yeah. in Monster Hunter yeah. World as well, actually. It's a good boss, isn't it? Yeah. Except how it ends. <laughs> with the power of friendship. He fires the meteor and like he can't, be, like uh, Phoenix like he no longer has any power yet and Clive just I don't know walks up and just holds up the meteor <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like it's coming down fast Craig like, I really like that yeah you're, you're you're talking to a Kingdom Hearts fan here so yeah, that, that, that that's bollocks that, that spoke yeah. to me I liked you know? it though and then like yeah. Phoenix is like healing his arm or whatever as no, they're but holding why didn't the meteor just crush him instantly why is he holding it up and how could he do because that because like, it's a game about magic man I know but the, the over the <laughs> top stuff is, is just too too much sometimes I, like, I enjoyed that I think um, I thought that was like it was a cool little well, I wouldn't say cool it was an interesting um a cutscene for a normal enemy essentially because you fight the you fight them a couple of times later on in the game there's like one of the hunts is yeah. is one of them as well yeah. and without that cutscene bit i thoroughly enjoyed the fight the as well fight, yeah, like yeah. meteor and comet and stuff like that it, it's like that's yeah. what i love about um behemoth and, and 15 kind of failed them a little bit because it didn't really do that as much but yeah. like playing a monster Hunter world and final fantasy 14 yeah. and this he's a great fight in the world comet, you know? yeah the, that's the why meteor. i was so disappointed with the ecliptic meteor thing because like we were ducking behind fucking like rocks, rocks to, to survive that, and he just holds it up with his bare hands. I was like, "You fuck <laughs> off!" Like, yeah. No, it was cool to see. Cool to see him. I'm just gonna think, like, because we are we are moving al- moving along. Can here we just time. make a long episode? Like, but, yeah, I we, mean, I know it's already long, but yeah. we just I mean, do like an hour turn and half. It off, they turn it off. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're dumb with us. So yeah. I we got on to like combat and like kind of the icons. I don't have a huge amount left uh, really on the episode, but I do want to touch on um because I'll plenty i can just talk about <laughs> well i mean absolutely um, and you guys haven't done new game plus so your perspective could completely shift if you get another playthrough in yeah yeah in terms yeah. of for the better or worse changed the second time for better or for worse um a bit about because you're like oh i didn't really use shiva you didn't use yodin but yeah. like you 
didn't have any opportunity really yes. to use them anyway. Like you know, like, so close you're so close game. to the end. But I mean, if you did New Game Plus immediately, you'd stick on Odin, Shiva, and something else. You know, you'd want to experience that, and it yeah. would change the game for you. So like, I do think that like each icon ability does get its moment in the sun on the second playthrough because you've more freedom to experience. And that's one of the things I really enjoyed uh, playing through the early part of the game was that mix and matching. I think I was more into that at the start of the game. Than I did I was it so much on. that the difficulty felt balanced for me and I didn't nearly get what Max did or what you guys like I'm not a good action video game player at all. I was RPG focused, you yeah. know. So I died probably more than everyone else here, I suppose. But on my second playthrough I never died, you know? <laughs> I just had it down. Yeah, 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 true. I, I think um, for me, I, I didn't get a game over. I was laughing with Kev because I hadn't gotten a game over throughout the game at all until I went to fight one of the hunts was the feckin' Red Chocobo. What was that Red Chocobo the hunt called? Oh, the Dread Comma. Dread, Dread Comma, Comma, the yeah, Chocobo. Yeah. An A rank Thing, And it's only an A rank. It's not even an S rank. It destroyed it's me. It's yeah, 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 it's a tough fight. Um, the one thing I wanted to touch on, uh, because it's creative unit, Three, the guys did Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's the same composer uh, that was behind Final Fantasy fourteen as well. The music, you just got a, hit and miss. I think I thought all the tracks bar one were very good. I think the what was problematic was that they could have had should no, have had more. Should have had more. But, but like if you go into you know the the hideout and you play just the the jukebox, you yeah. see how few there actually are. And yes. most like even the sound of silence is one, or just doom doom doom. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, like it's pretty simple like, stuff. There's barely um, four or five like fighting songs in the game. You know? Yeah, true. There's a unique there's, like, ones the kind of icon one. There's the boss one, and then there's the hunt one, and that's pretty much it. Like you know, I I felt like there was more. I felt like a lot of the icons. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they all have like their own? Like as you went on, the songs changed as you were fighting icons, and like uh, so the we got for the icon fights, we got the same one, and that's when I was telling you that I was disappointed. With the, about the, the like choir, where like, it goes quiet, female vocalist or whatever. No, it? yeah, but it's just where we weren't kind of real quiet, and almost like kind of like not that this, the, the, the music was happy, but a pause, and like because I was in, I remember fighting Kupka when he was semi primed, which is one of my favorite fights in the game. Yeah, great. Fight. Um, and I was absolutely enthralled by this fight, and it was neck and neck, and we were really tit for tat, and I was like absolutely it's just going for it and I was hoping for the like you know like the actual classic the battle music and it was a different tune but really really exciting but then halfway through that music it just drops off completely into this kind of like slow semi-happy choir-esque bit that really took me out of what I was doing at that moment and that was the icon battle music when you were fighting them at least before they primed I think everybody had I think like Titan had his yeah they all had their own themes yeah. or whatever yeah. yeah but for every time you're fighting like uh, Benedicta um, uh, Barnabas uh, I Kepka. love that part of the song and when it happened in the original uh, Garuda fight or whatever when you're fighting Benedicta I wasn't sure if it was designed to happen at that part of the fight because it was fitting my fight yes. so yeah, yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. I think it fits her fight better because it's you've got so few moves of that part of the game mm-hmm. that it, like the screen isn't isn't exploding with all these ama- and you're not like blown up the ground and do, it's yeah. a real like you tit can for actually tat. see what's going on yeah <laughs> it's a real tit for tat fight and I think that music suited that battle way more because the Kupka fight is like he's got fists coming up to the ground everything's blown up around you you're falling through the floor right. a, a really exciting fight and then it drops off into this little and don't get me wrong the music is amazing but I just felt that it took me away in those moments from the big... They could have fights. had it for the Benedicta fight and then just replaced those bars with in the, the Kupka yeah. fight with something else that's yeah. more upbeat or exciting. I, did, yeah, that's did you, one thing that, about the music, though, that, that really bothered me, and like it, it's because that song is my favorite easily. Oh, But there was a lot of times where like I was on my way to a hunt and say I got too close to wolves and that music would start up. 
But then as soon as I would trigger the cutscene, that same music would start up, but the volume went up by 10, you know? So they were purposefully making that song really loud. Like, you know, when uh, you're watching a show and the ads come on? Yeah. Like they were purposefully making the music blare in your ears to try and get that effect. So oh, they were well, a little bit. Oh, well, I tell you quick, it worked on me because I was only playing the, the S rank uh, Dragon. That you that was, was the one I said I really enjoyed as a fight, and I think you end up fighting some other dragons during it, yeah. who have similar move sets. But I remember fighting that one and having a lot of trouble. That was close to a game but, over for me. But like a lot of fun, and in terms of fighting that dragon was, and that this is what I loved with the combat and the mix of how good the music was. It needed more, but the music yeah. was all good. I I felt because dodging attacks looked so cool. But that's it. You know, I I was sitting on the the beanbag playing this game, and I was, and it's been such a long time since I. Felt, I remember I was like that, and the kind of the end game section of Kingdom Hearts three. I was very much like that because it puts a lot on the line at the end of Kingdom Hearts three. You're trying to save everybody, and it's like quite intense. But I would just go in for these hunts, and to me, it felt like with the way with the where the music was going and the the scale of the battle itself. You're fighting a big dragon. I, every time I felt like everything was on the line, and I was on the <laughs> edge of like this beanbag planet, and. You know, if Lauren could have seen me as well, she was laughing at me once or twice because I'd be there playing, but I don't usually like, you know, move about while I'm playing a video game. But there were times where I was dodging these things and like <laughs> Phoenix um, bursting through things to get to the enemy. And the whole time it's like, bah, 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 bah. and I was like, I am so cool. Like that's, I just, the game made me feel like such a it, cool guy <laughs> the entire time. It makes you feel like a badass. And that's something they did so well there was a real worry I'm not sure if we're going to get on this so I'm just going to say it now but there was a real worry for me coming up to playing the game and starting it they were putting a lot of emphasis on the icon battles mm -hmm. and the first scene in the game you play as Phoenix and you're fighting a free and you're like flying around <laughs> and you're just like zap zap yeah. like shooting pressing these, like, one and, and shooting it, these like, little yeah. fireballs and I was like oh okay and then the Garuda fight was incredible the music was incredible but you also had like you know, a couple of move sets, like two combos that yeah. you could do. And I was like, oh, this is going to get old later on. And then you go into a fight as Ifrit with Clive and it's like, Ifrit has every move Clive has and learns them all as Clive does. So just go nuts. I was like, yeah. This is fantastic. Oh, and here's, you know, three to four extra moves yeah, specifically yeah. for Ifrit. His Ifrit, ability like, to run really fast was... Mm, where, oh, you like, hold circle and you like fly along the ground. Yeah, which you know when you first fight that Kronos looking thing, you know when Sid died, like Typhon. Sid, yeah, yeah, Typhon. Yeah, that's yeah. my favorite. The demon fight. wall. He yeah. opens up the walls and throws, and you have to run left and yeah, run right to dodge them. I was so like having good, such man. a good time yeah, with yeah. that fight. Very sad. There, yeah, the icon uh, battles, which is actually the thing we didn't touch on when we were talking about combat, but the icon battles in it where uh, hit and miss, hit but, and miss, hit, hit and miss, but I like I thought Titan was shit. You the know? first half of Titan was great, and it's, and it's problem is I didn't think it was shit, but I think the problem that ha that that all of the icon fights almost had was that they, they were just a little bit too long. Mm -hmm. So you know Titan coming down with his arm really slowly for two minutes for like, <laughs> and it's like no no I, he should do this maybe twice, and if he was smart at all would realize this isn't working for him and try something else. But you had that kind of repetitive you know and I yeah. and but even when you beat him then you have to fight him again small while you're in, like. In this when you're falling tunnel, down I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Did yeah, he just yeah. turn back into normal Titan? He and was the music like, there is stupid. It's so dumb. It's so I feel dumb. like normal Titan was like encased in the middle of giant Titan, you know, like controlling him. Yeah. And but wasn't he, like he big enough? With his own was, arm. was he not big enough already? Like, why did he have I, no fucking... I loved the outrageousness of that fight. I loved it. Like, I thought it was yeah. I thought I thought the music was bad I, I thought it was just repetitive he had so much health I was like oh so like, <laughs> and I, I think I said this to you Kev as well and I said it to you like, that fight would have been made for me so much more enjoyable because you've got this huge huge titan 
And the whole point of this fight and the whole point of the music is to make you seem like you've got this insurmountable mountain that you have to beat. But I never got a feel for the scale. And what they should have had yeah. in that fight was a zoom back to some yes. trader on the mountains with his yeah. chocobo yeah. and seeing a giant yeah. titan and a tiny Ifrit yeah. fighting each other. For me, would have because there's a lot of fights where they have those moments where they kind of take a step back and, and they didn't do it for this one. And it really lost. So you yeah, see a big him, but you're on this tiny platform the yes. whole time. Yeah, yeah. And he's swinging his arms and missing you constantly. Constantly. I'm yeah. like, there's nowhere for me to go. You're 10 times bigger than what I'm standing on and you can't hit me. Yeah. Right I now. was like edge of my seat and loved the start of that fight where he like grows and him. you get knocked out of a mountain and then you're like sprinting along the canyon or whatever, like dodging rocks and shooting yeah. them out of the yeah. air or whatever. That, that, that made you feel like a badass. I got wrecked there because I didn't know what what to do or what to look out for. So all the stuff that was flying at me just kept hitting me and I didn't get that it was a dodge. And I'm just like, I, I don't even know if this is a track, if it's on rails or can I move left and right because yeah. nothing was explained I kept fucking up like you know <laughs> and I was angry I was like tell what me what to do, do? What, what is this like you know I really is I, this Sonic now what the fuck but is but it happening? was that's what I liked about the icon fights is that they a lot of them tended to be quite different from each other so whereas that yeah. Phoenix one at the start I was like I don't know about yeah, these it's, it's but weak. they they did try different things and as outlandish as the fight was against Bahamut in space that one was a lot of fun. Like yeah. the fact that you had the Phoenix wings and you could like the, the oh, flight the looked switching fly. between Ifrit and Phoenix. It looked fantastic. It, looked it was just it was outrageous. It was so outrageous. But it yeah. was like I mean it's it's definitely a Final Fantasy trope. Go to space. Yeah. yeah. Like you go to space in seven, you go to space in eight, you kinda go to space in nine. And then they land back where they left off somehow. Yeah. <laughs> like no no problem. Like like even like they all just fall down. They land in the room of the same fucking yeah, yeah, castle. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. So they didn't travel a million miles. Like, you know? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, actually. I love, but that's that's the thing as well is that you know I love I, I love them going for the outlandish. But part of me wants there to be it's like the Titan thing. I needed to see that scale, and I needed to see the scale of what the space battle against Bahamut meant because he was doing Zeta Flare, Giga Flare, like all of the ba- Bahamut's ultimate weapon um, moves. But there was no zoom back, and let's see more of him destroying his own city. Because he's I so like they, I thought they, I thought they did. Like, it Every, just annoyed me that like we didn't see what happened to Bahamut, and he like he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna t- seize power from my father," and then the next thing he's just obliterating the city for no reason. You know? Well, I mean, we we, we but find, then out, you find out straight yeah. after that, right? You like, do get like that a, eventually, yeah. but the justification is still poor. Yes, I mean, well, I mean, oh, we, we, I killed my own father. I oh, I'm losing control. Yeah, but go Bahamut. I disagree. And then, yeah, this is where I disagree we wholeheartedly because. He's it's 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 years of pent up. He's rage. found out that Ultima has basically been like I know, but Ultima's also the strings two inside feet his family in front for a of you. Just stab him right now. I mean, he tries. To he do does. That. He throws a spear at him and kills. No, his father. no, no. He kills his father, but then Ultima walks right up to him and is like, "Oh, I thought you would have lasted longer." Go Bahamut, and then he immediately turns into Bahamut instead of just killing the kid right there in front of him. But and we also like, have to. We also have there to. There was no kid. It was Ultima. The kid's gone at that stage, right? No, Doesn't the kid not. turn into Ultima? No, the kid walks up to him. And it's good oh, because yeah, the kid like still the says eyes. things that Ultima would say. And yes. I was like, I liked that. Because that's yeah. kind of messed On up. On my second playthrough, I was like listening to the words. And I was like, I could hear Ultima's voice, but it was the kid saying it. Yeah. I was like, that's well done. Because that's the thing, isn't it, right? That Ultima's like kind of pushing them all to breaking point, pulling the strings yes. or whatever to test his vessel and to make Clive stronger so that Clive will be able to like wield this power. Yeah, yeah. And like, I love the fact that Ultima was like, a decade in this family pulling the strings like did Ultima impregnate fucking Clive's mom did she ever like is he the kid did he put the kid in there it's never explained I know yeah. did the kid just turns to, to the like the ashes the game, that all I the Akashic think. turn to yes you know yeah yeah but like he was it's so sinister it is so it's sinister. so sinister so but it's not sinister. explained and it's 
clearly they just didn't think about it you know well like so you're coming up with better ideas than they gave they probably have no idea but so they so so they didn't give us they didn't actually give us anything they don't with have the to, and they shouldn't have to hold your hand like no it's not holding hand like but it's so important to the story like, like it's essential well, whether or not he impregnated her or whether he no but because her justification without like, ultima is still like we just don't get it she's just a mean bitch for no reason but if we'd seen a bit of him corrupting her before time or if the baby in the womb is corrupting her like just by growing inside like if we could see why she was such a horrible bitch and ultimate's plan affecting her that would have been something but she's just a miserable bitch for no reason whatsoever and we never see any reason you for don't it. get a huge amount of explanation why she's a miserable bitch she's yeah. just a miserable bitch yeah. but like i'm okay with that i'm okay with know? that too so i think that what i liked about the the dion stuff and the father and him going looper now again a little bit i i still think it's it's a slight bit of a stretch but what i do like and kev kev nailed it it's so sinister it's so sinister that he has always thought that it's clive's mother who is poisoning the ear of his father he has no idea that like uh, you know right up until that moment he's like okay either she's just the worst person ever or ultima has possessed her he doesn't realize it's his stepbrother is is ultima well he never knew anything was wrong until like six hours ago when Joshua came up and was like, oh, I have, I have a story to tell you. Well, no, <laughs> well, he, he didn't know anything with Ultima, Ultima, but he knew that there was a problem. He knew that yeah, year but, one was poisoning him. But again, like his, like, his like relationship said, with his father had been strained for ages. You know? But we're led to believe by Dion's actions that his father was a good man and that he only turned evil after Annabella showed up with the baby. But he invaded Rosaria and destroyed, like he had a hand in all of that. And like, like Dion knew Joshua even then and Dion never questioned his dad's actions for destroying their neighbor then that was way before Annabella or even the child existed well no you know? Annabella existed so, yeah. so the whole thing was that the only reason they were able to uh, invade so his dad, dad was a cunt the entire time well <laughs> like, yeah. so, so the a- Annabella thing is that like she was working with him then when yeah. Phoenix fell so he did know her then so you, we so but the baby wasn't the factor no the know? baby wasn't the factor but like her just being a horrible a woman yeah. and, and like you know and, she, and still like the thing is Ultima still could have been pulling the strings just because the baby wasn't necessarily there yeah. like he could have kind but of the, then show it because it's essential I think yeah no true and this and that's where i think i would i understand your point 100 percent. but i would disagree in that what i've enjoyed about this game is that it hasn't held my hand through all of the the narration of the story you're right there i know but convince me that people are villains for their reasons don't just have like because even odin is just this religious gobshite who anytime he talks i'm just like you you sound like genesis speak talking about loveless he's just spouting nonsense constantly like that doesn't make any sort of sense at all like Mm -hmm. it's just poetic nonsense like you know and mm. he's like constantly lives by that and i'm just like i hate you as a villain you're just ultimate bitch like you have no motivation for yourself whatsoever so that's whereas with annabella i wanted to see that but then the second there's a moment where she could maybe feel bad for her actions she's just dead instantly yeah know? but and i like, like well, but that's what i mean like like a true like and that's the thing because do people like that exist in the world yeah that just just horrible bitter uh, racist <laughs> yeah people. racist power hungry like meanies who who she saw herself with no way out of the situation because you know her son who she thought was dead is alive and could die again clive's come back that he was dealt with uh the emperor's dead the city's blown up so she's like well i can't i can't fix this one so she's just as like you know coward and mm-hmm. out she goes you know ends her own life and i'm like yeah I, I can i can see that but yeah i, I 
I see where you're coming from. I think a lot of it is left up to the reader, the player, to kind yeah. of to, to, to take over. That's fine with some things, but don't make them the most important things. Yeah, like I said, with how like people are chosen to be icons, I think that's very important and a massive flaw to the game that it's never explained how yeah. anyone became an icon. Anyone, even to the point where Clive is like has the abilities of the Phoenix, and we're like. How did he get those? Like, what is that? You know. Oh like, well, we, we it does show you that at the we, end. It, it does show you that at the end. But then, surely <laughs> in every kingdom, they have that as well. But you they never do. see someone with Titan's abilities. You know, like the, it's only you do Clyde see, who like, ever does like that. The um, the guys with the knives or whatever. I always took it that they had like Garuda's abilities. But they are in Dalmechia. The, yeah, they're not Garuda's the people. So if anything, ah. they should have Titan powers, but they don't. You know. So that's again a thing that they failed at, and things that like, it, like those are the type of things I think of a lot. And they're just left unexplained. Yeah. You know? And I think, yeah, exactly. And I think it, there's certain aspects, like I said, whereby it, I think there's people with different minds. I didn't mind that because I liked, I just like to let my imagination run wild with that and say, okay, so like it's kids born, but Titan could be gone off the planet for like 12 to 14 to 15 years. Yeah, yeah. And what was, what was especially important about this period in, in history was that all the icons existed together at the same time with the exception of Leviathan. That's it. But and wouldn't just, it have been cool. great because like, you know, the Phoenix dies and then there's a 15-year time jump. Like, during that 15 years, we could have seen the new Leviathan or the new Phoenix or, like, there's even after Ramu dies, there's a five-year jump. Like, we could have seen a new version of Ramu in that time, you know? But mm-hmm. we just never see it. Yeah. You know, despite yeah, yeah. there being years you know between some of those story and, missions there's never it never alludes even for a moment that there's another icon but what I love place to dive. and this will be one of the questions I want to bring to you if, like we'll close the episode on it's kind of like where do you see a sequel or a DLC going one thing that I've thought about that I'd love because we don't know what happens with icons but you do get this piece when you're talking to the to the undying like the group that is like in the shadows protecting I wish there was more with them I liked that but they talked about how there's lots of secret societies that exist in the world and I'd love for there to be a group that literally goes out hunting for the the next icon like Mm -hmm. marks the date that the icon has died like you know Kupka's dead so there because in that world that would definitely be happening because you obviously want to know where nuclear weapons are exactly (laughs) yeah but that's what I love and that's what I think is like for a possible DLC playing as a character or, or following the story of people who went to find yeah. leviathan or yeah. find the next title that would be fantastic yeah, yeah. yeah. in fact for me if there was are, are we gonna do the, the is this are we entering yeah actually we're, we're we're oh no no so so final fantasy 17 is our post show you know for, for our listeners or, before we finish the show oh, sorry I'll, are we talking I'll, about uh, potential dlc or sequel uh, yeah like 16 part two or, or 16 yeah. dlc so what? i would do that and set it 20 years later and have like lila or whatever her name was her kid as the main character and is the new odin and but like, there's no magic anymore. Well, we don't know that for certain. We don't know what we he do. wished for, you know. So, so he does he say specifically say that like his he, whole thing is I'm gonna like yes. I'm gonna stop this. I'm gonna stop this end of the cycle of magic and icons. I'm gonna get rid of it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it flashes forward. My interpretation isn't the Maximilian dude when I think it's ridiculous. It flashes forward to a family in the future who's starting a fire. And they're gonna have to use science from now on because yeah, magic's yeah. just like relegated to the yeah. story. I mean, you could. So do I that. took it that like if you do do a DLC, yeah. magic's out of the option. Yeah. If it's if it's a sequel, now you could like step it back. You could expand something or like put something in um, during the timeline of the game where you have Leviathan or whatever else. But yeah. like 
I would you would do it as a sequels. prequel then instead like a prequel yeah. or a like you know well this is going on like what was you know you could play as Joshua what was Joshua up to the whole time you know the whole time and which would yeah. which would be very much in line with what Final Fantasy games have done in the past when you look at the Royal Edition for 15 because the Royal Edition literally picks up characters that you're playing with and at some point during the 15 story uh, Gladios disappears Ignis disappears yeah. for a certain period of time and then the DLC for them was like well what did they get up to you could do something like that for Joshua me yeah, personally I I'm taking it that magic and the icons and everything like that has been destroyed by Clive. I think if it's if it's a, a storybook, it's like that classic ending. Oh, but they woke up and it was all a dream, yeah. and I hate that idea. Yeah, so I, I hope that's that not it at all. So I would do a prequel, and I would, and I know you're not gonna like this because you didn't like him, but I'd love to see Sid setting up the highway, like Sid starting the band. Essentially, would be a cool prequel, like him and the Empire and getting out of the Empire and starting up. So you'd get some characters. Feud, but I yeah. Like the whole thing with Barnabas and like Benedicta and like Benedicta being a because I'd love to see more of Benedicta. She went yeah. out too quickly, you know. She is, yeah, yeah. best um, character in the game. So I think if I was doing a DLC or a, or a sixteen part two, I think I'd look at. I think I'd, I think it would have to be DLC. I don't think a part two is is. Um, I, I don't think I don't think there's, there's no part two to be had. There's no well, scope for well, a part two. Yeah. For me, what I was thinking what is because yeah. it annoys me so much that we don't know where the new icons would come from after the old ones died, and I just want that to be the main focus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like when Clive snapped his fingers, did the Thanos thing, I'd like to just think that like I mean he didn't have enough power to do what he wanted to do, and essentially he just returned magic back to the land. You know, so still using too much of it would be bad, but he's essentially just taken it all and put it back into the earth where it belonged. Like it's no longer in the crystals. He's mm-hmm. just, you know, siphoned it back into the planet. Because so yeah. for me, it doesn't make any sense that you could just get rid of magic because surely if you get rid of magic, then all our world is is blight because magic was what kept it green in the first place. You know, well, wasn't the magic the reason that the because I see as the magic like the life force because it's so close to FF7 that the magic is basically in the earth itself. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they're suck- but isn't it like the they're planet. sucking out all of that ether and it's causing the spread of the blight, which is what Ultima did to their last planet, which yes. is why the whole thing was ruined. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, well, I'm, I'm going to come here and like take all this power and yeah. go set but up But all that ether is still where in the crystals. Off the and I'm just like, if you cast a spell, couldn't you essentially just put that ether back in the ground where it belonged? And couldn't that technically be his wish, you know? And mm. then what we could have as the sequel is suddenly the bearers are the only ones who can use magic because they never needed it in the first place. And the bits of magic that are still in the ground, they can use. And I would like the sequel to be about a bunch of really pissed off bearers wanting revenge on the normal people. So like the main villains of the next game would be bearers who have been fucked up by the... the Did the you do the side quest for... I'm sure you guys could be all the side quests. The one for Vivian where you get the book back for her. Yes, yes. And you read the thing about the book, and yes. the bearers were, were the superior race for a long time until they got their religion together and the government Which was is like, the, it you was can't a shame there wasn't more to that. Yeah. They could, that would be a great DLC. Yeah. A great they, expansion. That would be good. Yeah. I, I really wanted I, I'd love to see something to show why the bearers are persecuted. Because for me, it makes no sense. Like, what they're they can use magic Shouldn't well no we so so the, 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 the story thing talks about how bearers were magic users and they were revered from a religious no sorry they were put into the heads of government because of the powers that they had and everyone was like oh bearers and they're running the government but then they set up their own religion around it and everyone was like okay they're becoming too strong yeah they said it worse they wanted people to worship, worship them. them as bearers yeah. or whatever yeah. so then everyone kind of fought it back and, and it created a war I can't remember what the war was called based on that, that, that but it's caused a war and the bearers essentially lost that war hence then why everyone was like putting them down know, because yeah, they're yeah. worried about the, yeah. the what they could and do. I'd love to see that more fleshed out because it contradicts itself in the fact that then Hugo Kupka is in charge of Domekia 
and Dion's family are in charge of. But they're icons, Even not the, bearers. Yeah, no, bearers that's are a complete, icons. No, 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 it's a completely different thing. No, so so you have to be a bearer to to be an icon. icon. Yes, yes, but if you're so you are a bearer. Yeah, but I think yeah. I think the icon comes with a, a another level of what would I prestige? Would I prestige, yeah. So whereas a, to be a bearer is bad news. If you're going to be a bearer, you better hope you're an icon because otherwise life's going to be shit yeah. Because you. you're a bearer and you're like, oh, I can light fires. I know, but think how like stone, silly like, that is that like you were a piece of shit, but then you got the iconic ability and. Now it's like, oh, now you are able to come into society. Well, but, like, but was Dion, are you trying to say that like before people, we don't know, but like show themselves as icons, they're already bearers? Yeah, because I they always... don't have the ability to wield magic. In fact, the just using would an icon's power would kill them because you know the way like everyone got infected with the uh, the eater like so quickly? Yeah. Like, only bearers were immune and the people who had the icons because yeah. they can take the magic through their body, but a normal human can't. So a normal human could never have an icon because they would just fall apart. But, but, they, but when they get the icon, do they not... I, I always took it that they weren't necessarily bearers, but if their powers showed, then they were bearers and icons. But I like the bearers and the, the icons were a separate... Yes, thing so for me, I don't see how same it's possible magic system, to but been separate a, a, thing. But this have is have an icon and not be a bearer. And this is where you make a good point later on when we were talking about how it it's so ambiguous, like where icons come from, how they develop their power. That's so ambiguous that we don't really know. Like, I, like did did Joshua live a normal life, had no ability to use magic, and then boom, had the power of an icon? Then you could understand that there'd be no racism there because he's not a bearer; he's just an icon. But mm. yes, are they born a bearer? Do they show magic and then develop? But you're right because. If the case that Joshua was born as a bearer, even though he was in Rosaria, which was a place that was kind-ish to bearers, he'd still be treated like crap. So yeah. I don't believe that they're born with a, a ability to use magic. I think they are born with the this the thing that will awaken in them that will provide them with the power of the icon. So I think they're two different, separate entities. Is my interpretation that can control the same essential power, but like even the the like, um, like because the do the icons turn to stone? eventually or yes, do they just because get they, real because they, they just get sick but they all just like they don't turn to stone for a lot they all just start coughing up blood and like well no and joshua and so else joshua um was coughing up blood because he had the ultima's disease in, in him in, in, sid in. actually begins turning to stone okay so because nobody ever so actually magic. fully turns to stone even the people dying in bed they just their hearts just give out like yeah they're, they're partially petrified and then they die yeah the pain or whatever yeah, yeah. It's pretty good. So yeah, so I, I we all agreed. I think that a DLC should definitely because because there's it so much. It should flesh out the people who were the icons. Yes. I think. Yeah. 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 And whatever. And have they maybe do a multiple characters, and they can only use like the fire moves or the Garuda moves, but there's more of them. Yes. You know? yeah. 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 That would be cool. That'd yeah. Be That'd fun. be fun. Yeah. Or or a prequel set in the era where bearers ran the place. Yes. I would love. Yeah. Or show us these, this, you know, because all that fallen shit, show us that, yes. you know, the technology with the yeah. airships and shit and show us them warring against Ultimate and ultimately what? losing, like, you know. Yeah, that'd be great, actually. Yeah. That'd be great. Because there's fallen shit everywhere, but it's never explained. And in Dalmechia, that massive, uh, amazing looking crater, with all the water yeah. pouring into it, and they talk about like how there must have been some sort of like where the last weapon was used and failed or whatever else. Yeah. Like, oh, so someone just dropped pretty much like an ancient nuke yeah. here. And what's what's the reality is it's probably an icon just used its overdrive. It was because it looked suspiciously like the, the circle from Phoenix Gate, where Ifrit's you know had devastated the land in yeah, an exact yeah, yeah. circle. Like it looked just only like only that. just like yeah. way 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 bigger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think some of that was like a an icon thing, but it was wasn't it when you go and read it um, in Harpocrates' lore at the end, 
um, it was that Ultima was basically putting down a rebellion. Like they all got too big for their britches and wanted like to take this power from their god. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they like went in with all their their bearers and their power and their armies and you know I presume icons and decided we're going to take Ultima down and he just shut them all down. Yeah. And because, that's just before he leaves yeah. then and goes into like it's a good moment number. for Leviathan to be like maybe he was the head of the rebellion. Yeah. Maybe even Revi- Revi- Leviathan is the main character in that prequel and that's how he meets. That his would end, be cool. You know? Yeah, Leviathan yeah. versus Ultima. Yeah. yeah. It's like it. you are not you are not Mitos. Like yeah. who who because remember it's the very final fight and like instead of calling you Mitos, he's like, No, you were Locos. And I'm like, who the fuck is this? I had, to, I had to read the the Hippocrates thing to get who Logos was. So Logos was essentially like the the opposite to Ultimate, like yeah. the god versus the We the should devil have had more with thing. that from to just, just say the name <laughs> yeah, randomly yeah, yeah. at the end of the game. Like yeah, you are Logos. Uh. So I think that, that covers it. I think so before before I'll get your, your, your final thoughts on it, um to our listeners, if you are a Patreon user, you're gonna get this uh, two days early. 48 hours earlier this episode and uh, also we'll be doing a post show after this where we're going to talk about what we think of Final Fantasy 17 looks like um, so if you haven't yet signed on to the Patreon, uh, Patreon please do so it's patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming where you can get loads of extra episodes and you can hear us talk about what we think of Final Fantasy 17 is going to look like you'll get these games club episodes where we do review on games a couple of days early usually and I'm sure there'll be extra stuff as we as we go on but yeah listen you signing up to Patreon helps us better the podcast so please tell your friends sign up uh, it's the cost of a coffee a month uh, and you get some pretty decent stuff in there and where can people find the Patreon there? Uh, patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming yeah, you sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm positive yeah, with that one. I'm, I'm positive, positive with that one. Yeah, well, real quick, like, what are your review scores? So, okay, so how uh, out of five? I go out of ten. Because five is just ten. not enough. Yeah, five is no. not enough. It's too difficult. Okay, out of ten, uh, will I go first? Yeah, ten Moogles. Yeah, yeah ten, out of ten <laughs> Moogles. Ten uh, out of uh, Moogles, then I will, I'm going to give this game... I'm going to give this game a... It, it has its faults, but I have not felt so... Um, involved in a, a narrative especially from a final fantasy game in a long long time the, the you know i'm thinking of final fantasy 7 remake but even then the narrative is is fucking is, is 7 remake is so washy it's it so, gets all over so the place. silly at the end so silly well, yeah. so for me this is this is one of the strongest final fantasies from a narrative ever and i think from a combat perspective a pure enjoyment from the game huge uh it's got its problems i'm nine leaning to a nine and a half out of ten I loved this game start to finish. I think the side quests could have been better at the start. They got better as time went on. Uh, it, it's missing a lot of its RPG aspects that I would have preferred to have because that's what I love about Final Fantasy games. But I knew getting into this, it was an action-orientated game. So I wasn't kind of, you know, the wool wasn't pulled over my eyes. I knew what to expect from this game. And, and what we got was phenomenal. Nine, nine out of ten for me. Nine Moogles. Nine Moogles out of ten Moogles nine for me. Moogles. I know you're going to be lower than me, Craig, so I'll go next and then you can you can dive in at the end. Uh I reckon about eight and a half Moogles for me. Same thing. Incredibly enjoyable. Super involved in the story. Shed a few tears. Loved lots of the characters. Loved the combat. Loved the cultures. Had its issues. Talking to Craig will always bring games issues to light. And a lot of them were, were true and like <laughs> that, rang true. That's why it's the critical. Like, yeah. You know? Like the, you know, the music fell off a little bit. Like you said, the enemies, there were some slow parts some pacing issues. But like eight and a half to nine. I, I've been saying eight and a half. I think eight and a half Moogles is a, a fair score for what yep. it is, which is a very good score. Oh, big time. Really yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it. Heavily invested in the game. 
heavily invested in the combat and like i all the outrageous stuff that you guys like tighten bahamut those big fights yeah i was just give it to me i don't give a rat yeah. i love it yeah i love, it. <laughs> love yeah. it and i have to say before we get out to craig's score clive as a protagonist is up there with my one of my all-time favorite he's Final fantastic Fantasy protagonists. he's got he's got more depth than i think any mainline character from a Final fantasy game has ever had i think um, he's brilliant brilliant voice actor um I know Craig made the point about him that he's like, you don't really know anything about him. About him. But but he is who he is. He's he's a shield of Rosaria. He's a soldier. He's an honorable man who's just trying to, you know, do his best in this world and do with what he is gifted what and he he's, can. He's the first he's the first Final Fantasy character since so like Titus was the was the eternal optimist in Final Fantasy X, to yeah. that, almost to a fault. Mm-hmm. Every other Final Fantasy protagonist prior to that was the broody. Uh, I mean, Zidane, Zidane, yeah, true, true. Still, at least they weren't perfect. You know, <laughs> Clive has no flaws. Like he's just perfect in every single way, and I think that weakens his character a little bit because yeah. he's never ever selfish or never ever thinks about himself. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't believe you could exist. <laughs> <laughs> People like, especially you in real. this world. Where, you know. So, Craig, the critical to, to to finish us off on our scores, Moogles yeah. out of ten, Moogles, what are you going to give? 16? Um, I quite enjoyed the game, and I know I have a lot of gripes here and there, but my gripes build up the more people around me just ignore gripes. You know, so if you guys <laughs> yeah. if you guys weren't here and I was just giving this review by myself i would be being more optimistic it's just because i'm just like "Mm, well it's not that good darren you know like i just have to bring it down a little bit but i still really had fun with the game and like those first 10 hours were some of the best i played and benedict it was such a great film and i was really really enjoying the game because Mm -hmm. i never knew where the story was going initially i was like who's even the bad guy i haven't even met one yet other than benedict like that was it i didn't see the empire or whatever so i enjoyed the I enjoyed Clive as a main character, even though I think it's a bit ridiculous that he's no personality. And every other character I just thought was either too good or too bad, and there was no in between. Yeah. Um. So those are weaknesses. But I loved the the boss fights and the enemy. And you guys say there aren't a lot of variety, but for me, because there's or most RPGs usually have the the bad guys only have one or two moves that like for big eventful bosses i was like we have it like at least 40 and that's and, that's loads and there'd be loads like, of know. like phases as well in the boss fights where yeah. there would be a phase yeah. and every phase there'd be a whole new set yeah. of moves you and have to i will go back and do the the ultimate difficulty where like maybe one hit kills me and i think i'll really enjoy that because every enemy should they have enough animations and cool attacks that like they if they were dangerous. doing more damage it would be i would be way more you know keeping my distance and feeling a bit better about it um, but ultimately for me it's an 8 out of 10 game which is you might consider that a low score I don't know like, that's a for very me it's score. a very very good score and yeah. um, it's just I it, the game has issues but it also does a lot right for the yeah. series and I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy 17 the game the game does what it set out to do extremely well yeah like it was sold as a kind of almost two game of thronesy sometimes a so cupcake gets his hands cut off and then has the metal hands i'm like this yeah, is yeah. just jamie lannister yeah, the yeah, twins yeah. the iron blood yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the <laughs> snow wolf but it, the but fucking teal being awards i'm like this is just fucking it, copy yeah. and paste like yeah it went the direction and all of those big budget action moments the big icon fights the like the animation the combat everything they said they were gonna do they did really well and i think that's why it's such a good game like they really went in hard on the important stuff to make final fantasy 16 what final fantasy 16 is and what they wanted it to be you know what i mean yeah absolutely and take out mid take out about 10 hours of that repetitive fetch questing Mm. make it more difficulty 
make it more difficult, it's instantly a 9 out of 10. I yeah. can imagine that this a DLC being released that just patches this and makes it way better just because the f- things to fix are quite small, you know? Yeah. You just need to just give and them that help. You said it to me before we went on uh, and then, then we'll wrap it up after this, but you, you said it to me before we went on because yeah, we're just going, going right <laughs> back into it. Um, uh, you said it to me before we we started, you were kind of saying that it's it's an action like a heavily orientated towards an action game but they still Wait, try and missing choose, the RPG elements yeah, yeah. Missing, with no RPG elements but they're still giving you the RPG fetch quests which are utterly pointless in yeah. an action especially game especially when you've no ability to get or not like yeah. in, oh like can have more potions okay the game wasn't easy enough already like <laughs> yeah, I don't even yeah. want to get the reward you know I yeah. want you to keep your potions so I have less so I try harder for me and listen uh, Kev, Craig thank you very much for, for coming on the show I could not think of two two better people to talk about Final Fantasy mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I was trio will be back on when we get another trailer for Rebirth or oh, the next wait. announcement can't for wait. that yeah uh, and to our listeners if you enjoy the content we are going to hop onto a post show after this on a patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming and we're going to talk about what we believe a Final Fantasy 17 looks like Kev thank you very much Craig thanks Aaron thank you very much thanks for having us and to our listeners out there hope you enjoyed the review uh, and until next time keep enjoying the gift that is gaming peace out <laughs>